0: we don't review movies, we re-review them. I am TC DeWitt and with me as always is my main man, Bento. How you doing Ben? Oh there, Sailor. Alright. Today we are looking at Election, written and directed by Alexander Payne. Sorry, Reese Witherspoon, Chris Klein's on screen debut and Matthew Roderick. And also it's one of the Golden 1999 movies. Yes. Is that uh, for for those unaware or maybe you need a little reminder 1999 has a very lengthy list of some amazing films. (laughs) Just what a fine year for a number of... of, To have so many great movies that came out. Hmm. And this is an indie hit. I I wouldn't be surprised if many of you have never even heard of this movie. Uh, It is currently not streaming anywhere. Amazon Prime, that's why I saw Oh, I I should have looked on Prime. (laughs) It is currently streaming on Prime. (laughs) Amazon Prime. Boy, did I... uh, I wish I would have known that. I would have (laughs) uh, acquired it the way I did Um, I do not condone such a thing. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so Alexander Payne, who also did The Descendants and Sideways, and I now pronounce it Chuck and Larry, and... uh, What? (laughs) He wrote that. No way! (laughs) I'm sorry to say yes. Outrageous! (laughs) But we'll ignore that, because Election, Sideways, and Descendants is hit. Like he has a knack for writing uncomfortable, dark comedies. Yes, It's like, at Nebraska. And, yeah, Nebraska. <laughs> and he also did the movie Nebraska. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which came out what last year, year before. Uh, yeah, two years year. ago. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but anyhow, election. Had you seen this movie before? Yes, I have.
1: Okay, uh, back in high school, actually. I, I so when I, I was in high school, I watched a movie
0: about high school. <laughs> I it was probably high school maybe just out of high school that i saw this as well mm-hmm. i used to have the sundance channel okay. back home so i got to see like this and the the limey with terrence and terrence stamp like all these like indie movies that i never uh, the, the cooper Coop, cooper the, the Coop, cooper patrick warburton <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is one of those movies that i remember seeing and being like this was like the beginning of my development of understanding what good movies are as opposed to just fun movies are yeah Uh, But what did, what did you think of it then Mm. when you, going into this, going into this rewatch, what were your feelings about this movie?
1: You know what? I I think the best way to describe this kind of movie is like those movies that are really good. You really enjoyed it. But for some reason you don't really think about it because, um, I, when I watched this film, I initially was pretty, uh, I, I was enjoying it a lot. Um. It's, it had a lot more things to say than your stereotypical high school. Um, I wouldn't even consider this coming-of-age, but um, just films set in high school in general, or right. teen comedies. You would, yeah. I would consider it as a teen comedy. Well, MTV,
0: yeah. appro- MTV which produced this film, uh, produ- uh, approached Alexander Payne to do this teen movie, mm. and he said, no way, I have no interest in doing a teen comedy. I don't know if you read this as well, but then they came, IMDb. And, yeah, came to him, <laughs> him, and they said... Don't think of it as a teen comedy. Think of it as an adult, dark comedy that happens to be about teens. Yeah. And once once he kind of approached it from that concept, because this is based on a book.
1: Yes, Uh, written by Tom Peralta, who also wrote Little Children, which was uh, really...
0: Really good book. Another one those Uncomfortable Movies as well. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I just wanted to swim. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, That's too spot on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jackie uh, Earl Haley, I'll uh, never no look at you again. Uh,
1: <laughs> He's always playing the most vile.
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? He was not vile in London Has Fallen. He's in that movie. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he plays the worst slave master in *Birth of the Nation*. Oh my Just god! Just FYI. <laughs> but let's let's get back to election. So, uh,
0: MTV approached Alexander Payne and said, "This isn't. A, we don't want you to do a teen comedy. This isn't going to be. She's all that. We yeah. want you to do this dark comedy set in high school. Yeah. And and now this is and it is a dark comedy, but it's not a dark. Com- I think it's real easy. Dark comedy. You think death. Hmm. You think like. Uh, crossing the line, a lot of violence. Like, I think dark comedies tend to be about funny or like darkly funny looks at death. Yeah, that seems to be typical of dark comedies. If you look at something like um, Fargo, there you go, Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this this isn't about that. It's still it's still, it's it's dark comedy in that it's 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 getting into people's heads that and hearing them say the things that you probably think yourself, but you would never verbalize. Yes. So affairs and, um, and thinking thoughts about people you shouldn't think about. Mm-hmm. See, and these, these very racy subject matters are, are in there through the adult characters, but then the younger characters who are very either cutthroat and, and overly ambitious, which that could be a compliment to somebody, but also when you think of just how far someone will go because of their ambition, then you're looking at some dark topics as well. And then there's Chris Klein, who's just the G-Shucks nicest guy ever. <laughs> Classic country boy. <laughs> <laughs> now he, and you probably know this as well. Alexander uh, was scouting a location hmm. for this movie to film in it. And while at the high school, he ran into Chris Klein coming out of one of the classrooms. And had a little brief conversation with him. And then when it came time to cast the role of, of Paul... He couldn't stop thinking about this lacrosse player he run into <laughs> in the hallway, and convinced this kid to come audition, mm. and, got, and he got the part. Yeah, like that's that's such an amazing stroke of luck story. Yeah, and you know Chris Klein has gone on to varied degrees of success, but mm. that's that's an amazing discovery, and he plays the part so earnestly. He's such a great character. In the <laughs> world. Uh, but really, it's about Reese Witherspoon. And Matthew Broderick.
1: Yes, they are the overarching backbone of mm-hmm. the uh, film's emotional core. And um, <laughs> I love the tug-of-war between the two characters. And, like, it, the, sonor, the tone was really set um, when Matthew Broderick was lecturing to his class about morals and ethics. And ethics, yeah.
0: Like, the difference between the two. What yeah. is the difference between the two? And great callbacks to that. Yeah.
1: So. It's constantly talked about throughout the entire film. And, like, it's just funny because... I think the film, while um, I, I don't think it's necessarily centered on the election itself, it's more like the hypocrisy <laughs> of adults. Because um, if you notice, everyone who is not a high school student, um, they they just go about, they say one thing to their kids, their mm-hmm. students, or anyone that uh, you could consider a mentee, mm-hmm. um, say one thing. But they do the complete opposite of, that said thing and you right. know and like these teenagers they're just kind of really trying to find what their identity is what their voice is and stuff like that like uh really identified with Chris Klein's sister what's her name Tammy 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 uh Kletz
0: Meltzer Meltzer Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. and she's she's just the one who's just I think she's the realest one of them all she's just like This is all a charade. Like, how are you not opening
0: your eyes to this? So, so, put a pin on that. Um, So, for those who may not have seen this movie, but are still interested in hearing what we have to say about it, the premise of this movie is surrounds a high school presidential campaign for student council president. Mm -hmm. Reese Witherspoon is the dedicated, hard-driven, just going to devote her life to the pursuit of success in politics. Uh, Chris Klein plays the dopey football player who... Broke his leg, and he, he's trying to find some something else to put his leadership skills into and whatnot. And he's not he's not looking for that. He's disappointed, but he's kind of happy to just exist. And yeah. he's pushed into the election uh, by uh, um, Matthew Broderick's character, Mr. McAllister, Mr. McAllister, Jim McAllister, who is teacher of the year. Hmm. He was teacher of the year multiple times in the three three out of the five day I remember eight years that he had been teaching there. He teaches civics and government and politics and social studies, and, and he's, he's a dedicated civil servant of students. And it's following this deconstruction of these characters leading up to and post the election for student body president. Hmm. Uh, and Tammy, being Paul's sister, she's a young uh, confused girl she's uh, she identify she does not identify herself as a lesbian but she's obviously has she's clearly a lesbian <laughs> she is she has gay. she's gay and mm-hmm. she's uh, learning about herself and she, you're right she is the most real of the characters cuz she's like this is all bullshit <laughs> none of this matters because whoever we vote is only they're only running to have this on their resume speaking yeah. specifically of of uh, Reese Witherspoon's character. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Um, uh, Tracy Flick. Tracy Flick. What a name. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter. She just wants it on her resume. And whoever gets into it, student council president doesn't do anything. It's mm-hmm. just going to be the exact same stuff. So if you vote for me, I promise I won't do anything. <laughs> in fact, I'll abolish the, the government, student government. Yeah.
1: Or, and she was like, or better yet, don't vote at all. I don't care. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we will certainly touch in on why this movie is so (laughs) appropriate (laughs) for the days we live in now. But Mm -hmm. I think it's just appropriate for every election and even beyond the election. Like you said, it's not specifically about the election, Mm -hmm. but it's about these characters and how every day they are. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, uh,
1: man, I was just talking to my producer this morning in our meeting um, because she wants to do... A uh, op-ed at the end of the, the end of the year about you know all the happenings and mm-hmm. entertainment that involved Asian Americans, and you know there's there's a lot of you know shitty things that has happened to us over the last month, <laughs> and so it, it's more like instead of critiquing, or instead of just simply getting angry and writing, trying to add more fuel to their fire, mm-hmm. let's just kind of write about all these really great comedic sketches and works that came out from our community that commented on those situations you know it's like okay, yeah. she titled it as or she pitched it as um, uh, if you can't beat them laugh at them <laughs> so like uh, the daily show segment was the, the one that we oh, were Ryan referencing I, I had written yeah. that down to talk to you about it <laughs> um, <laughs> we, yeah I, j- I just uh, we can talk more in depth, yeah. depth about it but um, mm-hmm. I'm just bringing it up because I think this is a perfect I don't know if it was Intentional was the perfect critique about just political hierarchy in any form, mm-hmm. because um, it, it's presented as very true. You know, there's there's truth in the comedy. Like it, in comparison to uh, last week's um, uh, idiocracy. idiocracy, this was showing you real life examples and asking you, "Look how absurd this is." Right. And I'm like, this is. This is how you tell satire. This mm-hmm. is how you do oh, satire. Yes, yes. This, yeah.
0: this is how you do it because there is a matter of of uh, Tam, uh, Tracy, yeah, right, being the most qualified for the job, mm. right. But she is qualified in so much as that she is the most driven to be there. Yeah. Does she does she have the best interest of the people in mind, mm. or does she have her best interest in mind? Yeah. And that's 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 up for debate because mm. she doesn't give enough information about what she wants to do politically yeah. throughout the course of this movie to to determine if she would be uh, the best representation of the people but yeah. she is the most qualified to make the decisions in the position she's in yeah. do you hear how <laughs> how similar that is to what we have now i mean it's cr- i was laughing i wasn't i was laughing because the movie's funny yeah. especially in its darker moments mm. But when it was just on the nose. Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) Especially, there's this part where I had to pause because I was laughing so hard. (laughs) (laughs) It was when Tracy was making all the pin buttons Mm -hmm. for her uh, campaign. No, pick flick. Um, And it was her uh, voiceover. Just kind of narrating like how frustrated she is as she's pinning these buttons very aggressively. Like I can't believe someone who has zero experience is going up against me who has a bunch of experience. But well, you know what? It's all fine because I'm just going to keep going and I'm going to show them. Ah, just like <laughs> super. So it's so sociopathic it, it's. and it's so
0: Hillary. Yes, it, and it's not just not just now. Go yeah. oh, back. Eight years ago, yeah, <laughs> and how she probably felt when this first-term senator from Illinois showed up. Yeah, so God damn it, <laughs> <laughs> what do I have to do? <laughs> and, and it's it's incredible, and and then looking at uh, Chris Klein's character, mm-hmm. um, uh, Paul, who he didn't. This wasn't something he wanted to do, and I don't think there's a fa- there's a good comparison to Trump. If mm-hmm. we're looking at both sides of the coin here. I think that um, uh, his sister, uh, uh, Tammy. Tammy is closest to Trump in, mm. j- in so much as she's like the anti-government, but she doesn't have the ego. And I th- and I thought in rewatching this because I had completely forgotten her character when she gets that first like standing ovation from her all attitude. Yeah. Then I thought maybe that would drive her to become like a like a self-obsessed egomaniac mm. of someone who's like reveling in their anti-ness but she didn't go that way yeah like she 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 played a a very realistic character in that her her motivations changed yeah much much like a a high school a high school kid not knowing where they want to go in their life but Mm -hmm. just i think very human yeah you you become obsessed and motivated at this one thing and then you're kind of you kind of change directions and you start motivating yourself on other things.
1: Yeah, because you don't really f- you're not a fully realized person yet. Yeah, and especially since she was motivated by such a such a. I mean, at the time when you're that young, like what's the what's the one thing that affects you the most? It's heartbreak, right? Yeah, and like, if that was it.
0: She her girlfriend yeah. left her to start dating her brother, mm. and so she decided to go up against her brother just because and like, buck well, the system yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think she actually the more, the more I'm thinking about it now she has the best arc because yes. she does move away from that, that I want to win mm-hmm. I want to beat you I don't want to win I just want to beat you attitude yeah. and moves towards just bettering herself mm-hmm. she has the happy ending yeah because she she gets she's she finds her way in the movie and I think that's really neat it's like she's a very inspiring character in, yeah. in that it's like learn from her it's easy to focus on the flashiness of Broderick and Witherspoon and and watching there but watching Tammys story underneath there she figures out who she is yeah and and how to get what she wants without hurting anybody yeah yeah and, and I think that's really neat that she she embraces who she is by the end of the movie and gets to live happily after. Yeah,
1: it's really cool. I thought it was a very like sensitive and thoughtful portrayal of teenage-dom by Alexander Payne because I'm watching something right now that I would consider a guilty pleasure. It's a, it's a sitcom called Younger Okay. starring uh, Sutton Foster and um, Hillary Duff. Oh, no. I've <laughs> not heard of this show. <laughs> it's on TV land. That's probably why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, TC, but... There's, there's quirky charms to it, but there's a teenage character on there that kind of falls in all the trappings when adults, I'm doing air quotes, adults write teenagers. Um, well, I'm
0: sure adults without air quotes are writing the character. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, like, well, Okay, that makes
0: sense actually. <laughs> now that I'm just thinking about what I just said, <laughs> so you, got, you, got, you can't misuse those air quotes. People will start wondering what the hell you're talking about. Like, like uh, uh, I, I went to a pokey place just down the block yeah. a couple days ago, and their sign said "now hiring." <laughs> the quotes are on hiring, and I just laughed because, like, what? What does that imply? What are you saying? You're you're hiring? Link link? Like, that's what those quotes mean, you know? So sarcastic. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, sorry yeah. a derailer. So there's there's a teenage character being written by adults. <laughs> okay. okay, backtracking,
1: um, adults who kind of it's almost it makes me question. Have you never been a teenager before? Because the way that they portray teenagers, it's so whiny, so self absorbed. And I can admit, like at that time, you know, you're thinking about yourself, but thinking about yourself in all these capacities is not just about like, oh, how do I how do I get above I don't know. How do I um, make all the gains about myself or Mm -hmm. whatever? It's like, no, you're kind of thinking about all the things you're hurting right now or why you're hurting or why you're, like, um, stressed and, you know, all these things. And I feel like Tammy really encompasses the spectrum of emotions that teenagers go through, um, even if it's just a small sample size. I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's just really realistic,
0: and I I could really um, identify over it. Yeah. Yeah. I I do think there are, are great portrayals of teenagers... Uh, super bad, I think, is a very good portrayal yeah. of teenage boys. <laughs> remember, I've said this on the podcast before, but it's worth saying again. I remember seeing that with my girlfriend at the time, and she was just disgusted. Like, "Oh, guys don't talk like that. I'm like, high school guys talk like that. that exactly how high school guys talk. Oh, my God. Yes, I am. Is it
1: locker room <laughs> talk, TC? <laughs> oh, God. You know
0: what? It's fine if a, a 16-year-old boy wants to say stuff like that because – Boys will be boys, Ben. <laughs> boys will be little assholes. <laughs> but when you look at Paul's character, uh, Chris Klein's character, Paul, hmm. he is—he's a puppet. Yes, he's—he's a—he's just a dumb guy. He is so nice. He's like in the near the climax of the movie, just before the the climax of the movie. Everybody's praying. Yeah, and it's such a well-shot scene. We can discuss filmmaking of this movie momentarily, but. The way the camera lifts on Matthew Broderick as he looks to the heavens, and then um, uh, Tammy's praying to just get the hell out of it. Yeah, uh, well, she's she, she's but she's still praying for like let let my ex girlfriend realize she misses me because I do still love her. But you know also, um, I hope my brother will. like she just had she was like the mixed emotions and uh, flick Tracy. Tracy and Tammy. (laughs) Tracy is like, let me win. Let me win this election, so help me, God. God, I know we don't talk much, but for the love of you, let me win. (laughs) And then you get get to Paul, who's like, I hope my sister's okay. She's really a sweet person, and I I just want her to be happy and safe. And I know you'll decide who, who wins the election. So that's fine. I thank you for everything I do have. And then you know, he says, like, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> "And what I am told is a large dick." <laughs> but it's it's sweet and kind. But he's dumb. He's just he's just a he's easily pushed around. Yeah. And he's not a bully, and he's and he could have been written that way. Mm-hmm. I think that's really something sweet of of the character and something that Alexander Payne created in that character is someone who's just genuinely a nice guy. He's might he's not the sharpest. He's yeah. not the smartest. He's He's popular and deserves to be, mm. and that's that's nice. That's a, He's in, he's a very nice character. Yeah. And he's the only one who directly breaks the fourth wall.
1: Which was, I was wondering why
0: that choice was made. I was going to ask you if you had any analysis.
1: Of I don't that. know. I, I
0: was thinking about it. And I was like, that was strange. I don't know if I got anything out of that. You know, okay, I'm, right now, yeah. here on the spot. I think I have something. Off the I dome. Know. Off the dome. There is narration and inner monologue from... Uh, from Tracy, mm-hmm. there's um, monologue and inner dialogue from Mr. McAllister, mm-hmm. there's, and from Tammy. Everyone thinks what they have to say and says something else. He says out loud what he's thinking. Oh. So, so do you think
1: that's representative
0: of him being the truest character? <laughs> he is the truest. I think that's what <clears throat> it represents. Okay. Is that, well, everyone else thinks one thing and says another thinks one thing and lives another. Yeah. They, they live lies. Everyone's living Matthew Broderick's end. He's like, I'm so happy. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, but he's, but he break, um Paul breaks the fourth wall and says, or I could be dead. Yeah. And he doesn't even say it with like a, like a, anything sinister about it. He just kind of says, I wonder what would have happened if I won the election. Maybe this, maybe this, maybe I could be dead. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's again, it's a, a <clears throat> statement on his character that he, he says what he's thinking. Dim witted sincerity. Yeah. <laughs> and I think maybe that's why that's my that's my guess right here on the spot. That's pretty good. Close read right there, T C. Yeah. There Ooh. you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> English majors. Mm,
2: mm, uh, uh. Got my B A and B S. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's Huh. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I I think that's that's even uh, more of a testament to how talented Alexander Payne is mm-hmm. as a writer and a director because the direction of this film and the way – the characterizations of these people, I – there's never a time where I have to question do I buy them yeah. as real people even as, even though these situations are um, heightened, mm-hmm. they're, heightened. They're exaggerated. It's, like, again, yeah.
0: satire. Mm-hmm.
1: But I believe them. I, I know these people. And it's not – it's it's – that's This is why it's smart, because it's more complex than just a good versus evil story. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, they're all shades of gray. They're all actually kind of terrible, <laughs> except for Chris <laughs> Klein. <laughs> and um, and the great thing is they casted people who you wouldn't think would fit in these roles. Because Matthew Broderick, Broderick at that time was the well-beloved Ferris, Ferris Bueller Ferris, yeah. and Simba from The Lion King. <laughs> he is the golden boy. He He is constantly the good guy in all these roles, mm-hmm. but he plays a very shysty smarmy kind of like, like you think one thing of him on the surface, but oh, he's yeah. thinking another internally, internal monologues and whatnot. And so, um, everything that he does is a little bit more shocking because you, you don't see him like that in mm-hmm. what you think Matthew project is. And that's, that's kind of genius because like you and I always talk about, um, actors who are chameleons and actors who just go, uh, Kind of pass with their uh, charisma and charm yeah. or whatever, like the Clooney's and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I feel like whenever I see Matthew Broderick, I just think Matthew Broderick. Yeah. I, it's well, then, it,
0: oh, it's Matthew Broderick. Yeah, He's a good guy. I I, <laughs> I
1: had a hard time remembering what his character's name was. Um, so but I just remembered McAllister from Home Alone. That's how I remembered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just remember because my English teacher in seventh grade was Mrs. McAllister. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was I. I the performance was was pretty good, but I I I would say I would give more praise to Alexander Payne's script. choice of cast oh, okay. and writing, yeah, yeah, because he thought about intentionally Matthew Broderick and his Golden Boy status. Because mm-hmm. um, I was reading like trivia or something like that, saying um, that he wrote or that he adapted the screenplay with Matthew Broderick in mind has ferris bueller doing all these heinous things because oh my gosh. it, it <laughs> does
0: feel in that sort of shared universe uh, fan fiction fan theory yeah that this could be a future ferris bueller right it does ha- right <laughs> down to the the monologues yeah. no he doesn't break the fourth wall but there are some similarities in mr McAllister and the kind of character some a high school ferris bueller could potentially be down the road sociopath yeah 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 um now, Matthew Broderick mm. it was originally potentially going to be Walter White. What for Breaking Bad before wow. before they 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 Brian Cranston? Yeah, they, it was another similar sequence of of wanting to cast someone who you see a certain way that devolves into <clears throat> Walter White. Yeah, and so Matthew Broderick and John Cusack were the two people they were romancing to play. And you can see it, right? Yeah, but I, I don't think they could have done what Cranston did.
1: No, he took it to another level. Yeah. I, I, think the gravitas is, it's lacking from Broderick. He, yeah. he's like, I, I, like him, but he's very one note. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's why I give so much more praise to Payne's direction in this film more so than his performance because <laughs> I feel like in, a, in lesser hands. It would have been just Matthew Broderick being Matthew Broderick. And you aren't
0: wrong. You aren't Mm. wrong because uh, I I love Ferris Bueller. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Easily top two. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Between that and Back to the Future. It just means so much to me personally. But that aside, I can fully admit that Matthew Broderick does not have range. Watch him in this and watch him in Cable Guy Mm. and tell me the difference. There's not much. He doesn't have a wide range to his his acting ability. But again... The script is so well done. The direction yeah. is so purposeful, and Broderick does do. We're not criticizing. Oh him, no, no, no. Does, yeah, he no. does. He's perfect for this role.
1: Yeah, it's kind of the whole like, if you, you have one thing that's really good, but if you're if you're utilized well, mm-hmm. you're just gonna shine much more. And maybe I don't want to say undeserved praise, but get praised more so than you normally would in any other circumstance. Because yeah. I feel like Reese Witherspoon, she's a great actor. She's going to shine in any role, even if it's like a garbage movie. Um, I've come to really appreciate that, especially in the latter years of her career. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't worry about that when I'm watching Reese Witherspoon's performance. But when I'm watching watching uh, Matthew Broderick, I totally agree. Everything that's the cable guy, yeah. um, uh, the the live act, the, the remake producers. of the producers, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, it's, it's like it's Matthew Broderick, <laughs> even in 30 Rock, right? Was he in 30 Rock or was it some other sitcom?
0: I I don't recall if he I can't remember if he was on thirty right that sounds that sounds like yes that sounds almost was. right <laughs> but, but yes yeah. yeah but hey let's let's talk more about Reese Witherspoon yes she wow is, she is
1: spectacular she's impeccable especially for how young she was in this film was she early twenties or high uh, we school? Could, we could, she was young like yeah
0: she she had to be twenty. 21 like she she still
1: had her baby
0: chubby cheeks (laughs) (laughs) well once she lost that her chin got really sharp (laughs) actually quick tangent i will say now remember we did the rewatch of the pilot episode of glee yes there is a lot of similarities in glee's first episode and this yes between chris um uh between uh as the dumb football jack oh and God. rachel Berry as reese witherspoon's um, yeah. as as a as uh, tracy uh. there's a lot of similar i couldn't it, it struck me and probably because we watched it so recently mm. and that just made me like the glee pilot all the much more and uh. hate the series as a whole so much <laughs> more. because it, it what intentional or not there's a lot of similarities between yeah. election and glee and
1: with uh, Mister what was the teacher's Shue. name? He? Mr Shoe. Mr. Shoe, he yes. was also in an affair.
0: Yeah, interesting, huh? Technically, yeah. yeah. That's uh, that, but but you know, let's let's stick on the on talking about Reese Witherspoon. So is she is Reese Witherspoon the villain in this? I'd say no. I it's it's hard to I don't think you can pinpoint specifically a villain yeah. in this, but she's I, I know people like this, mm-hmm. and I know and I have known people like this, and I've not liked people like this. They're very annoying. <laughs> but I can also admire people like this who mm-hmm. are so determined. It, it goes – I said it earlier. It's kind of – it's that – where's the line between <laughs> being so determined you admire someone or so determined you're annoyed by someone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, here's – we can we can keep discussing Reese Witherspoon's performance. Obviously, she she showed very early in her career how capable she was mm. and how much range she had. Because yeah. if you look like this, and you look at Legally Blonde, and you look at Walk the Line, and the movie last year Wild, Wild. which you love,
1: love, love, love. Yeah, she's she's a very
0: very capable actress. Yeah. Um, but I ask you, who would you have voted for between the three options in real life? In real life, Tammy. You would have voted for Tammy? Feel the burn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, fun fact, I think they were modeling it after the 92 Bush v. Clinton election. Bush, Clinton, and Ross <laughs> Perot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that was, that was fascinating. Um, I, I just feel like everything that they were saying had to be intentional if they were crafting it after a real election. Yeah. And stuff like that. Well, but, that, uh, it,
0: it just it goes back to that how apt it is to... Just elections in general, but I, again, I don't think there was a Donald Trump analog in this, but there was clearly a Hillary Clinton analog in in Tracy Flick. Mm. And you got to give the woman credit. She she wants it bad. Yeah. (laughs) She's
1: willing to stand up to the system.
0: She's really willing to tear down movie,
1: (laughs) tear down posters. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that might've been just her, like, if that was her biggest offense, I think in comparison to what Matthew Broderick did, or his or Mister McAllister, McAllister did in mm-hmm. the film, um, I would say he is the the villain of the film because he's the one who's trying to manipulate the system to the outcome that he wants to see. Yeah, uh, because of personal reasons, not political mm-hmm. or what's like what's fair.
0: It, there is an inherent sexism, yes, in the adults' attitudes in this, uh. but not in the kids' attitudes. Yeah, I don't think anyone, any of the students, any of the younger characters, hates Tracy for being a girl. Mm. She's just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but you you kind of touched on this before, that the, the adults say one thing and then they say another thing. They mm. say the one thing to the kids. It's the ethic versus morals thing. Yeah. And, like, the principal, when he yells at all the kids, he says, you know, hey, we're going to be adults here. If mm. you're going to be talking like this, then you're all a bunch of children. You know? <laughs> and that's very... Principally, thing to say, but then when he gets behind closed doors, he's like that bitch. Yes, right, and that's I understand. Mm-hmm. You say one thing to one group of people, and you say things to another group of people. But s- sometimes the, the the divide in that makes you very two faced. I yeah. think every everyone has. <coughs> well, I'll bless blessed. you. Sorry, <coughs> I'll bless you, my son. Oh God, uh, everyone can be can feel a little different. One. In one situation than they do in the other. That's, yeah. that's just natural. You mm-hmm. you aren't going to walk into a room full of 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 Trump lovers and just start talking about the greatness of Bernie Sanders. Right? <laughs> you're, you're, why would you even bother? Mm-hmm. So you you kind of just you know don't say it. Yeah. And then when you're amongst your friends, you can't say it, right. That's fine. That's a very common thing. But when you're very when the differences between those two things become wider Mm -hmm. like uh, further apart then you're delving into some shitty territory yeah
1: it's it's straight hypocrisy yeah and especially (laughs) if you're in the position of an educator Mm -hmm. i think that's insanely problematic because you're you're shaping what is considered quote-unquote the future and if the future if if like a little ounce of that attitude of that hypocrisy even trickles down to that uh to that um younger gen Mm -hmm. There, it's just a perpetual cycle of shittiness. So, right. Um, like you're right. I once uh, the principal closed the door and called her a bitch. I, I noticed that right away. It shocked me actually. It's like,
0: dang, man, you're supposed to be yeah.
1: Yeah, and I didn't actually think about it. But you're. I think you've hit it on the nose. It's there's some internalized sexism there because when he was when Ma- Matthew Broderick, <laughs> it's so hard to say his name. <laughs> Matthew Broderick <laughs> uh, had that internal monologue about. His friend, um, what was his name again? The guy at the beginning who... Had an affair with Tracy. So there's
0: another teacher that's his only friend in the school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And early in the movie, they established that this teacher had an illicit relationship with Tracy Flick. Yes. And
1: it seemed the entire time, even throughout the whole film, his motivations about about how he attacked Tracy and how he was very biased against Tracy, Mm -hmm. it was because of that affair. And it's funny because he never blamed... His the friend. adult, yeah,
0: he never he never blamed his friend. He yeah. blamed Tracy for being the foul temptress that she was. Yes, and
1: and if you saw the flashback, it was it was his friend that seduced her. Yeah, <laughs> that get ga- that like you know took her home in a car, gave her a drink at home, and played mm-hmm. records for her and stuff like that. It was yeah. super right. creepy. Played her like a <laughs> fiddle. Yeah. Now,
0: had she been using him to advance some some of her political career in the mm-hmm. school, then that would have been some negatives into her column, but yeah. no, she she wasn't using him as a teacher, like, she wasn't using him. Yeah. He was, he was abusing her. Yeah, it was, it had, she
1: was actually kind of, she was a loner. Yeah. She was lonely, and she just needed a friend, and mm-hmm. he took advantage of her.
0: And she was more adult about it. Yes! Because, now, uh, Affair aside, mm. and and the the statutoriness of it, <laughs> she says later in the movie. Well, maybe some adults shouldn't have gotten so needy yeah. and just realized that it was what it was. Yeah, like she had. She had departmentalized her yeah. relationship with this guy yeah. and just wanted it to be that, and he's the one who got all mushy about it. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's crazy. That's so cutthroat. Yes. But it's also way smarter than he was being that freaking idiot. <laughs> what, what sort of grown-ass man <laughs> would – there's – let's move on. <laughs> I'm going to go into a, into a territory I shouldn't go into Larry. Uh, the kid Larry, who counts the ballots at the
1: end. Ooh, he was kind of interesting, even though he had a very big part. very
0: very small part. So, yeah, but his. He, you talk about if your hypocrisy trickles down to affect your students, mm. you are not doing your job. You're not. Matthew Broderick was not doing his job. Paul, I'm yeah. um, sorry, Paul. Um, uh, McAllister was letting his personal life affect his 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 purpose in life was to educate those kids and when he starts unraveling beasting in the eye you know saying you know fuck this to the kids (laughs) you could see larry like this young kid who's just going by the rules like Mm -hmm. mr McAllister. the rules are i can't tell you you're supposed to count it blind yeah and it's like oh oh, i don't know mr McAllister, (laughs) and he's the one who him and the janitor That made me laugh out loud. By the way, we'll get back to that in a second.
1: That was so genius. But
0: when when Larry spits at McAllister Mm -hmm. later, like he sees him driving, he's just like, you know, it's it's great. He could have gave him the finger, but he didn't give him the finger. He spit at him, which is even more of more of an fu. Yeah, because it was it was disappointments, and who you know we don't know very much about this Larry character, but having him exist in the movie is is neat it's it was a neat a neat addition of the character to see how a, how uh mcallister's mistakes affected a student and yeah not a main character mm-hmm. a different character but so i liked him and the janitor yes wow like okay so I wasn't even thinking about that I, yeah <laughs> what an am- that is a callback expertly handled yeah. that is insane that Christopher Nolan and your damn top take note. (laughs) is how you do a subtle call.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's so great because, like, here's the thing about callbacks. Um, I think it can be super obnoxious sometimes because I'm always wondering, like, what is the grand scheme of things? What is the point that you're trying to make here other than, hey, I'm clever? Mm -hmm. Um, I think this is really smart because thematically – this movie's about repercussions. Yes, yes. Mr. McAllister's character, in many regards, is a sociopath. He does things without any regard for any other human being. Mm. and Just like, for himself. Yeah, and, it, and, and it's representative in that gesture of, like, tossing that uh, to go Chinese to-go and missing the trash can and just leaving it there. And the janitor fuming about it Mm -hmm. but just walking away
0: and we have to assume that he left it there for the janitor to clean up Er yes early in the movie my thought when it happened was i saw the janitor have this look of like how dare you Mm. and i thought he'll clean it up yeah but we don't see if he cleans it up Mm. so we don't know and later in the movie as uh, as mccallister's unraveling it's easy to think back at that and go he probably left it there yeah he probably left the mess there Mm. for someone else to clean up yeah because that's the kind of person he is. <laughs> he doesn't take responsibility. Yes. For his actions. And that was just like a small. Oh, it's such. It's, it's go ahead. It's, it's great. It's yes. such a,
1: It's small. It's nuanced, but it's a subtle way to get a peek inside how this character operates. Mm-hmm. And you see it throughout the entire film. Like once that's sprinkled, it starts. You see it catalyzed into, catalyze into other things, mm-hmm. into like having that affair with his best friend's wife, who just. Uh, lost her put, husband put to an affair. affair yeah which was super uh, tragically ironic and you know uh going all the way to tossing those two votes out for tracy mm-hmm. so he could rig the election essentially and what's so genius about the end part of that callback was that all the people that were in the office where he was confronted uh-huh. was all the people he screwed over <laughs> like larry the janitor tracy and the principal like mm-hmm. people who trusted him as an educator as a good man like to do all these nasty things, it came back and bit
0: him in the ass. And who wasn't in the room was Paul. Yes, because in the big picture, Paul's sister was right. It mm. didn't matter, and it didn't. And Paul's life wasn't irrevocably changed by winning or losing the yeah. election. Or maybe he could be dead. <laughs> <laughs> and in a way, like maybe
1: in some sick alternative universe, like Mister McAllister actually helped. Paul, even though he was using Paul Mm -hmm. to get back at Tracy, like Paul's life, he was in a confused stage because he couldn't play sports anymore. So he's like, who who am I now? And so Mr. McAllister inadvertently gave him this platform to be a political figure or whatever, Um, gave him not, gained him not even, not just sympathy for those who were sad that he broke his leg or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like new fans who were like, "Oh, this guy's actually recool- really cool. He's more yeah. than a jock." And yeah. and it's hard to say where
0: he might end up. But if he, his, as he says in the end, I didn't get to play football, and that kind of mm. sucked. And I didn't get to be president, and that's fine. But hey, <laughs> through a kick-ass party. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, I I do like the the way everything wraps up so nicely with those monologues and getting to see where everyone goes. Um, getting the uh, uh, Tammy's. Home video esque look at her life with her her new girlfriend at her yeah. new school, but having uh, uh, Flick Trace Flick say, "I wonder whatever happened to that te- to the teacher from the beginning of his name?" Oh yeah, And it just cuts <laughs> him for ten seconds at like Home Depot putting the, the <laughs> like the, the prices st- on. <laughs> <laughs> I was so sad. Oh god! But it it's so
1: also another thing that is like what I no- kind of notice about all these characters in this film is like it's how pathetic they are mm-hmm. but it kind of made me look at myself too in my own hypocrisy it's like what am i saying and doing that I'm, yeah. or what am i saying that what i'm not doing yeah and like i'm i'm knee-jerk reaction i'm judging these people but like man i feel something weird inside because maybe i've done or said these things mm-hmm. or thought these things and so that's why this works so well as a satire because it held that mirror up And that's something I didn't get from e Like it, there wasn't enough of that human element in it. Like, that development of, like, um, or trying to generate that internal monologue within yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, something that Tracy said that was very indicative of her her character was, like, you know, I I wonder what happened to that guy she had her affair with. But I also wonder what happened to Mr. McAllister. Who I hardly even think about now. I don't even think about him at all. Yeah, and like that's her character. <laughs> She's just steamrolls through life until she gets to the top. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Broderick, still petty, still salty as ever. You know, like I'm saying, I'm happy, but
0: yeah, well, I got a great place. Yeah, sixty a month. Oh my god, <laughs> that was ridiculous. He, his girlfriend, mm-hmm. looks like his wife. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he, he even went so far as to try to recapture that. So he's he's such a liar. Mm-hmm. But you're right in that what makes this movie uncomfortable in a way is the reality of it. Yeah. And, and making you question yourself in watching it. Mm. I was just thrilled that we got to watch this movie again. That we, we chose to watch this to discuss it because yes, Idiocracy didn't do what everyone seemed to think it does. Yeah. And Election it, It's just so wonderful expertly crafted from the script to the direction to the performances mm. it's a this is a really good movie
1: yeah and
0: really funny like i laughed out loud multiple times i don't tend yeah. to laugh out loud when i'm watching movies alone but there were and i had genuine moments of, of humor in this that made me crack up yeah but again it was those moments that are so <laughs> like this election yeah <laughs> that i had to like laugh yeah <laughs>
1: So, uh, yeah. I really appreciate this movie, especially on second watch mm-hmm. and yeah. kind of um, understanding politics a little bit more. And it's silly to think that, oh, a high school dramatization of mm-hmm. um, a high school election made me think about politics. But that's that's kind of the beauty of it. That's the beauty of comedy and satire. Yeah. You kind of uh, throw these things into hyper-realistic situations. It's very heightened. It's very exaggerated. Mm-hmm. But it makes you think about actual things that are happening in uh, your reality right now. So... That's why this is so much more effective than the University, And it's more effective than a lot of satires I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I've just, I just generally enjoyed it. As a filmmaker too, I appreciated, like, we talked about last time too, how it was overly dependent on voiceovers. Yes. There's a yeah. lot of voiceovers in this film, but it made sense because it added to the development of these characters mm-hmm. rather than just pushing us and explaining this world, this like trying to world build through voiceovers
0: rather than yes, yeah. It gave us insight into what they were thinking mm-hmm. and, mo- and and motivating them as a character. And so much about what this movie is what isn't said out loud. Mm-hmm. It's what we do and what we say and what we think. Yeah, are, are all factors into how these characters get through this this period of time. Yeah, in this in this world we see, and I I've I've thought about this in the past eh, se- several years. People often say, "To a, like these adults are acting like they're still in high school." Mm. Oh, the the drama that you get at your job is so high school. Uh, that community theater is so high school. And I realize now, I realize that, no, don't pin that on high school mm. because it just starts in high school and just exists from that point on. So when when people are acting catty and acting like they're in high school still, no, they're just acting like people do and yeah that sucks <laughs> and i'm guilty of it you're guilty of it we're mm-hmm. all guilty of it in some capacity or another and it's it comes down to the the notion when you're in high school is that's the whole world yeah okay and one of the more difficult things of of getting through high school is how much you think about what's coming after high school mm-hmm. And the more you think about where you're going after, when you really start thinking about colleges. And then in college, when you think about the bigger world out there, those are the fuller, more mature, more intelligent, more better people. Yeah. Whether they're shitty people or not, they're fuller people. Mm. And those people that live in their small little bubble of high school, of college, of community theater, of this, this job here, of this job there, of this neighborhood there – when you close yourself off in that bubble, you only exist in that bubble. So how far can you get? Yes. Right? So <clears throat> it's it's this movie and seeing what Matthew, Matthew Broderick lies to himself near the end of it is mm. how happy he is and that he just put himself in a new bubble. Yeah. New York is his <clears throat> new bubble. And that can be okay because look at the Paul character. He exists in a bubble that's very earnest and joyful and fine. Yeah. But when you have ambition, you can't exist in your bubble. Yeah. And this movie really got me thinking about that. And, mm-hmm. and looking at Matthew Broderick say, of him saying, I'm happy because I have this great job and this great girlfriend and I have this great apartment. And <laughs> when we can see the reality of that, the reality isn't his apartment shitty, his job's shitty, his girlfriend is not what he wants. That's not the reality. The reality is we know that's not what he wants. Yeah and therefore because he's lying that's makes him a shitty person. Yes. Dissertation over. <laughs> a lot of babble but okay, I, I, think I, I think I'm getting to something there, right?
1: <laughs> no, it totally makes sense. That's why this film uh, acts as a high school comedy, acts as a political satire, but it's also kind of a tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> it's he is so desperately pathetic mm-hmm. that it kind of hurts to watch a little bit. (laughs) Not that I know folks like this or anything, but it does evoke thought about high school and about those times and about Mm -hmm. people still there. Yes. And, like, I I don't want to, like, down-talk anyone who still stays in their town because I still have friends, still in Oregon, still Mm -hmm. thriving, still, like, good people. But I still have friends who might be, you know, successful or not successful, but they're still in that very insular tube. Mm -hmm. And so their way of thought may have been a
0: little bit more nuanced since high school, but has not changed as much. I you think know? What, when it comes to judging someone like that, because yeah. I'm guilty of that, I can I can go back to my hometown and I see some people who, who have never left. Mm. The judgment isn't on them. Yeah. It's on me mm. because I know if I were still there, I'd be going crazy. Yeah. Wishing I was somewhere else. So I can't project that onto them because mm-hmm. they might be perfectly happy. Yes. Like Paul. Mm-hmm. Living in their nice little small little world, and yeah. that's fine because you can be joyful in doing that. But when you want more, and you're not going for it, yeah. or you you lie and say you have what you want, that's that is that's difficult. That's a difficult way to live. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, I know people in my hometown still that are that are still there, and they're wonderful. Yeah, and they're happy, and that's amazing. And I and I don't judge them for that. I'm jealous of them <laughs> to be so content. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> 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 <Noise.
1: laughs> yours. Um It's just weird because, like, <clears throat> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I jumped in there. We talk, talking about your hometown and... I don't know. Um, how was high school elections at your high school?
0: High school elections didn't mean a damn thing <laughs> in my high school. I don't but know, we promised that. pizza for lunch and casual Fridays, T.C. I, I can honestly... I don't remember... I, I think I can remember voting once for yeah. a school election, and it might even have been in sixth grade. I don't. I don't <laughs> remember elections being a big deal. Yeah. I don't remember. Like the the bigger deal was like homecoming king and queen because mm-hmm. that that's you vote that's what you vote for, like that that I can remember voting for yeah. for homecoming king and queen. I was on the court actually, um, but uh, no. Uh, how about you? Were school elections important at, at your school?
1: Yeah, um, it, it's weird because. I do notice in the movies, um, like the student council, they don't really have much power or sway in the schools, Mm -hmm. or at least that's the way it's portrayed, but my student council actually made a lot of change (laughs) (laughs) in the high school. Yes, we can! Like, we got rid of soda, uh, we had alternative, healthier lunch options and stuff like that, and, um... Uh, found an area to designate more parking, student parking and stuff like that. It was like, it did "What? <laughs> Our student council actually did all this? It's kind of crazy." So, um, and and actually, that was that was through us voting through to the right people, voting the right people in the office. So that wow. I, that was like a small I'm glimpse. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that until I saw this movie actually, mm-hmm. and then I kind of thought, "Man, that was maybe the first glimpse of into the political spectrum, hemisphere, mm-hmm. uh, system, or whatever you want to call it that I got." Where it was productive, it wasn't like, oh, the system's rigged, oh, the system this and that. Like, we all know how wrong, how bad the system is, but, like, yeah. I saw a glimpse of how it could work. And so it really inspired me, I guess, to this day when I think about it, because I don't consciously think about it, mm-hmm. but my actions, the way I think, is maybe start from there.
0: Wow. Yeah. I I, I don't remember any uh, student counselor or whatnot. However, I do, I do remember young watching Politics in Action. Yeah. So... My uh, church that I grew up in, was the I went to St. Mary's Catholic School. They had a festival every summer. It was the school festival. And there was a span of time where my mom was actually, my mom and dad were in charge of the whole thing. Yeah. And when my mom and dad t- were voted into, my, and particularly my mom being in charge of the whole thing, her first act as taking over the summer festival was to cut beer. And the beer tent from the festival. Okay, and she, f- people fought with her tooth and nail. How can you have a summer school fest- a full a school festival without a beer tent? How do you? How, how can you? I like, just fought her again and again and again. Especially in Wisconsin, right? And and it is crazy. It yeah. is crazy for me. To, if anyone listening is from the Midwest, to think of a church festival that doesn't have a beer tent, a beer tent, cream puff tent. You got them both in the dunk tanks over there. That's, that's every school festival. Every Catholic school festival. Festival every summer picnic uh for a community right but no no <laughs> beer tent yeah because her her notion was this is a church event why are we encouraging people to come here with their families and get drunk mm. that's oh it's casual drinking no we're not doing it and that was her thing for the entire time she was like the two three four years that she was in charge of the festival no beer when she left the next person came in, boom, beer tent right away. The new, the new president of the, of the festival council, you better believe we're having beer this summer. <laughs> to get the liquor license, to get the kegs, to get all the materials needed to do that was so expensive that essentially half the budget of the entire festival went just to the beer. Mm-hmm. So the festival suffered from everywhere else. Because of how much money had to go in just to have alcohol for people, mm. now, I'm, not, I'm not giving judgment on alcohol one way or the other. People know how I feel about it, yada yada yada. But it was to see a president in power who made that decision for a very, very financially smart reason that we were able to have a Ferris wheel and go karts <laughs> at a school <laughs> festival because we had the money for it. Yeah, and that's 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 from voting the right person into power, mm. and then some people regretting her. In that power and bumping her out of it. <laughs> <laughs> this so that, is do it. That was kind of one of my first experiences in a in a political environment. Mm. I suppose. Um,
1: yeah, that's a, that's a pretty neat story. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know why, but I assumed it was in Wisconsin or something in the the film. Mm-hmm. It was um, in Nebraska. Yeah, which I later read, so I was like, or it said Omaha flashed on the screen somewhere later. Yeah, but I don't know. So so much of it looked. Like, Wisconsin, or what I saw.
0: When you when you visited our fair states.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and Tracy, she had, like, a Midwestern accent. So is
0: Nebraska considered mid- yes, Midwest? Yes, Nebraska okay. is the
1: Midwest, yes. Okay, so it's not, like, it's completely at the opposite ends. No, no I mean, yeah. they,
0: Nebraska is smack dab in the middle of the country. Yeah. Right? I mean, not really, because if you think of states, they get bigger as you go west, so it's kind of the middle, just state numbers. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> that is neither here. LG geographical <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> it's a landlocked it's just the middle of cornfields nowhere in Nebraska. Yeah. And <clears throat> which then again lends itself to making the movie so so effective that it it's in such a nowhere place but it feels so much like a reality that we I've experienced wherever I've lived in this yeah. country and in many different facets of my life
1: yeah it it actually reminded me of my hometown a lot because in portland in P- <laughs> i don't know if this was how it is for you so i don't want to make a blanket generalization but like i feel it? like <laughs> this i don't feel like negative or not negative i, I just think it is mm-hmm. like being from a smaller place i feel like people make a big deal out of very small things like student council, like st- well, uh, it, it city com- fairs. It comes like back to that heist, yeah.
0: that small bubble mentality. Yeah. It's like, this is as big as your world gets. You mm-hmm. better believe this is the most important damn thing in your life. <laughs> right?
1: right? That's why, like, once... once the characters in this film made such a big deal about this election, I just rolled my eyes so hard because it was a knee-jerk reaction like, Mm. oh my gosh, who cares, you know, there's bigger things. But But there's nuts. Yes, but then when you reel it back, it's like, well, this is their world. This is what encompasses their everyday lives Mm -hmm. and this is what they think about all the time and, and to a degree, it, it makes sense because that's what they need to run the town or the city yeah, or they're in. Yeah, look at
0: football mm. in Texas. And how yes, it's so yes, intense. Yes, yeah, it's Friday big, Night Lights. It's the biggest thing yeah. for them. Mm. And uh, uh, um, shoot, I was going to mention something else. You talk.
1: Uh, words. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was another thing, just to go back to the film, an interesting motif that I don't know if you – notice but i kind of noticed subconsciously and then i read about it and i was like oh it was there mm. the motif of the apple uh
0: yes yes
1: i um, don't know what it necessarily necessarily stands for but i noticed uh, that it's just me hypothesizing but mm. do you think there's a thematic element of temptation or they're trying to comment about temptation because each time it was on there matthew bodrick does something shady like, or
0: it's 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 like an omen. It's like the oranges in yeah. The Godfather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <It's> like, <laughs> like, like, I'm seeing apples, something shitty. Yeah. Be. Let's see. He
1: because he uses it as an analogy to explain to Chris Klein's character. This is why you need to run because yeah. we need more options. Right. That's
0: um, <laughs> such a apples, 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 and you want an orange. <laughs> now you have the choice. I like bananas too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, okay, that's good. <laughs> Well, when, okay, so you said the analogy there. There's definitely the right before he gets stung by the bee. The apple tree, the apple tree. That's yeah. like swarm with bees. Mm. There's one more, but I don't remember. He um, wins the apple award at the beginning of the movie.
1: There you go. That one is there.
0: Well, I I guess that then it doesn't really work. Um, well, no, it's it's an omen of the whole the whole thing's going to unfold. Yeah, he, here's this great teacher who just got this apple. Watch ah. his life be destroyed. The biggest apple he could get mm. is leading to the biggest disaster of his life if you want to look at it that way okay okay (laughs) i think i want something then
1: it's not maybe not temptation but a furthering of the theme of hypocrisy Mm -hmm. because like teacher of the year he's really actually a shitty person yeah um um, he's trying to convince chris klein with that analogy but he's doing it for his own gain Mm -hmm. um he goes to uh that woman's house to have an affair with his wife not really to go fix her plumbing or whatever right Oh, he's going to fix her plumbing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was was one more moment with apples. Which one was that? When he's at the fridge and he gets the beer and he hears the baby cry, there's apples on top of the fridge. Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) Oh, my God. TC, every time that baby is on screen, I feel so bad because there's something disgusting that happens every time that baby's on screen. (laughs) Like the first time they make love... Uh, was Tra- in front Tracy. of the crib, yeah. Or oh god. oh god, yeah, Tracy, Tracy. I forgot about that. Yeah. Tracy and the Tracy and the dude, and yeah. then his wife and Mister McAllister later.
0: I didn't even think of that. Yeah, we were just mentioning it now. That poor kid. That's
1: another another layer to how um, adults like how c- depraved <laughs> they are. Yeah, it's like because we because like you alluded to earlier, like we always criticize teenagers for being teenagers, mm-hmm. but that's. That's who they are. They are absolutes, right? Because Mm -hmm. they haven't experienced anything else. Adults know better, but they continue to do these things. You would think adults know better. (laughs) You would think they
0: know better. But I can assure you, (laughs) that is not true. (laughs) So so many personal feelings right now.
1: (laughs) But it's such an interesting commentary about that because it's a reversal. Mm -hmm. Because every time folks of our age write teenagers or teen comedies, we, we comment on how... On how much teenagers suck. But this is more like the reversal. It's like adults suck. Yeah. And they're influencing the
0: teenagers. And so well, – the I, I that poor a- baby has quite the life ahead of them. Oh, my God. To, so uh. to, to be born in such a broken environment. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. I have plenty of people in my life who have come from broken homes. Yeah. And who are very full people. Mm-hmm. But uh, just in terms of taking the heightened reality of this film – yeah. And 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 placing that heightened reality on each character, mm. I never even considered the baby. Yeah, but you're right. That that baby. Oh God! Think was... about the children, TC. <laughs> I
1: believe the children are our future. Yes, that uh, this is this is what they say. <laughs> 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 Don't
0: start, <for> <laughs> Well, what what more can be said about this movie? Mm-hmm. We can, we, I think, we can move on now. We we have we have a nice. Uh, did you get some good responses from our tweets today? We sure did. So we are we are not done talking about the election, but for now, I think we can we can wrap up election. I uh, Highly recommend this movie um, if you and you can and you can view this movie from several different ways. View it as a screenwriter. View it as a filmmaker and a director. View it from a a character and an actor point of view there's a lot about this film that can be taken away from many different perspectives Mm. and so i I definitely think if only for those aspects watch it and have a good old laugh at how close it is to existing into our own reality right now
1: yes absolutely (laughs) um yeah I, i totally echo all your sentiments um this was even better the second time watching it again um Especially for all the nuances and the mm. performances, um, Reese Witherspoon is a national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> I I really appreciate it. I don't know why I had such a weird ha- hatred for her before. Like there's, it was
0: like uncalled for. You know, yeah, like, it's it's, a, it's an irrational hater's gonna hate. Attitude. Yeah,
1: and it's weird. I don't know where it came from. But just watching her career blossom the mm. way it has, and I think Wild was the really the film that turned me around and go back and say. Well, was she ever? Was she really always that good? And she was. The answer is yes, emphatically. <laughs> and um, and just um, I don't know if I'm an Alexander Payne fan because I've seen Sideways and I've seen Descendants, Descendants. And I've seen Chuck and Larry, which I did not realize <laughs> he wrote.
0: <laughs> One of the most offensive films of the 21st century, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I will say I am not inherently a fan of him. Mm. I don't see his name and think I'm going to like the movie. Yeah, but I am always. Pleasantly happy to see his good movies mm. like Nebraska. Like I didn't see that. Was that good? Yeah. yeah. You want to see taking Matthew Broderick and turning him into this character was great casting, right? Mm. Will Forte is in is the star of Nebraska. Yeah, and he's incredible. In mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and and to take someone you never would have thought in your life could. Could pull off a performance like that, a, th- yeah. a thoughtful, quiet, nuanced performance from Will Forte, who played freaking MacGruber. MacGruber. <laughs> <laughs> but then, look at uh, Last Man on Earth. Have you seen that show? No, but I heard good things. Yes, that yeah. show is dark and sad. Yeah. It's funny, but it's it's like some of the best dark comedies and satire can be which is is thoughtful mm. and and to, in the hands of Will Forte who's a very talented much more talented than anyone I think would have gave him credit for Yeah. Um, so yeah I, I don't know if I'm a fan of Alexander De, um, Alexander. I'm a fan of Alexander Desplat I'll tell you that <laughs> he's an amazing composer <laughs> but Alexander Payne no uh, mostly because somehow he got Shailene Woodley a Golden Globe nomination <laughs> so salty <laughs>
1: I, I don't know. Everything that I've seen from him, there is this sense of pretense. This is so earnest and so sincere, and yeah. everything that he's trying to say, and it's very intellectual, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm, I'm all about that pro-intellectual TC, as we were talking about the last podcast. But there's something about The Descendants and Sideways, where I don't know. I feel like someone like me doesn't fit into those worlds. And this one, because you more, don't drink wine. That's true. <laughs> I I just feel like this is such an accessible film mm-hmm. for being the art piece that it is, for being the think piece that it is. Yeah. It's very accessible. And,
0: and to come out in 99 surrounded by so many Blackbusters yeah. and, and huge movies like American yeah. Beauty. Matrix. <laughs> Matrix and Star Wars Episode One. I, <laughs> <laughs> I got to bring that up.
1: <laughs> awesome Powers 2. <laughs> and to come out from MTV. Mm-hmm. The the studio that brought you Beavis and ButtHead and Joe's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I miss good MTV man. I miss Daria, and so this was a welcomed <laughs> la, addition la, to that. La,
0: la. Yes. Well, <laughs> I am curious to see if anyone who listens to this goes and checks this movie out. Yeah. If uh, if you've gotten through this conversation and it's even sparked any interest in you in it in the movie at all for you, please go seek it out. Mm-hmm. Either on Amazon Prime, uh, find someone who might own the DVD, or Find it somehow <laughs> black market <laughs> and, and check this movie out. It yes, is, this is such a breath of fresh air from last week's City which mm. was such a disappointment. I, that, uh, I'm I'm really yeah. glad we went we rewatched this movie. Yeah, um,
1: so I just loved everything about it. Um, yeah. Do you have a recommendation to to watch in
0: conjunction with this? Yeah, no, I unfortunately nothing like springs to mind that. I, I suppose if you want to go from a very cynical point of view, yeah, sure, watch Ferris Bueller and then watch this. would <laughs> be very disappointed in Fer- where Ferris took his life. Yeah. But I wouldn't recommend that because there's such a, a, an optimism in Ferris Bueller's Day Off that I think that should be maintained. So <laughs> I, I don't recommend you watch Ferris Bueller and then election. That's my <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> How about you? Is anything, anything in the, with, with this – what with I do. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, was just,
1: that was a sentence. <laughs> um, I just thought of this, actually, and I haven't seen it since it came out, but I remember being really impacted by it. Um, the Ides of March. Ah, Gasling and Clooney. George Clooney, which was also directed by George Clooney. Ah. And I feel like he needs to direct more. He's He's got
0: things to say. I th- yes, yeah. the, you look at Good Night and Good Luck, yes. which has a lot to say. <laughs> a lot to say. Even...
1: He, uh, like game show satire uh, with Sam
0: Rockwell. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Mind. Yes. Yeah. I, I do, however, think I – mean, we're talking about pre- having some pretense mm. – uh, <laughs> that Clooney can come on a bit strong. Yeah. I look at something like Syria. Uh, oh, Syriana. Syriana. Yeah. And he produced Argo. Um, oh. He is he a very – he's very politically motivated in some of his films. So Iza March would be one to go back and, and re- re-watch. Yeah, because yeah. Iza March –
1: because I think – Siriana and another one that you just named. Or, good night and good luck. No. Actually, I haven't seen that movie. Yet. Oh. But Siriana is an example of very mm-hmm. heavy handed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you kind of have to be in the camp of how he views things to kind of. Liberal. <laughs> 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 to, to appreciate that film. But as of March. It's a really good character piece mm-hmm. because just like the hypocrisy of good-natured people and good-natured polit- politicians, yeah, behind closed doors and what, looking at the process and seeing "quote unquote" dirty politics. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: not Ides of March. I mean, you can recommend Ides of March. Yeah, Michael Clayton. Have you seen Michael Clayton? I haven't seen that movie. Oh my god, dude! I haven't seen that I, movie. I put that on your watch list. Yeah, and the, talk about subtlety. Okay. In, in a message. Woo, yeah. Um, I recommend Michael Clayton. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Tubman always recommends
1: that movie, but I totally forgot about that movie (laughs) because its title (laughs) is Michael Clayton.
0: (laughs) That's why Mike Tubman likes it. Oh, that's true. He likes all movies with the word Michael in it. like uh, Halloween 3, The Curse of Michael Myers. Michael Myers? uh, (laughs) Michael
1: Collins starring Jodie Foster and... Oh, wait, that's that's Ned Collins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's take a break here. This is totally uh, derailed. <laughs> well, we're gonna
0: come back with some current events, and we'll discuss our tweets, our our themed tweets mm-hmm. of of this episode. Uh, but please, if you give this movie a watch, give us some comments. Send me some private messages or some tweets. You can hit me up at TC's Big Head or hit up Ben at Benji Toes. And let's take a break here, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Wow, You sure gotta climb a lot of steps to get to this Capitol building here in Washington. Hey, who's that sad little scrap of paper?
2: You really want to know?
0: I'm
3: just a bill, yes I'm only a bill, and I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill, world.
0: bill you certainly have a lot of patience and courage Uh, i guess i mean
1: i got this far but when i started i wasn't even a bill i was just an idea
3: some folks back home decided they wanted a law passed so they called their local congressman
1: and he said
2: you're right there ought to be a law
1: and he sat down he wrote me out and introduced me to congress and i became a bill and i'll remain a bill until
3: he decide to make me a law but I'm just a bill, yes I'm only a bill And I got as far as Capitol Hill
0: We're back. So, yeah, we're back. Uh, how's it going, Ben? Good, good. What is new on the scene with you? What have you been up to, my friend?
1: Still working on some stuff with my great partners at NBC Asian America. Whoop, whoop. Trying to adult, mm. find find a stable career so I can eat real food finally. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with ramen and peanut
0: butter sandwiches. Ramen peanut butter sandwiches. I eat that willingly. <laughs> I don't have to. I just want. To. You actually crave it. Yes, peanut butter ramen sandwiches. This is why you have such a nice figure, TC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, there was some news stories that occurred right after we recorded last week Ooh. that I think are worth mentioning. Yes. First off, Disney has announced Guy Ritchie will be directing the Aladdin remake. This this is unreal. Did isn't I make, it? did I make this happen by bringing it up? I told you it was going to happen. I told you not to send that kind of energy out there, TC. <laughs> Cause well, you get what you wish for I didn't want an Aladdin remake <laughs> The only way I want an Aladdin remake is if Robin Williams is the genie This is true Do you think
1: they'll do it No I, It's <laughs> Guy Ritchie Is Guy Ritchie known for subtlety
0: And and, and he, how is this the guy Yeah That's going to direct
1: this I don't know how the conclusion was made Or what he has done in his body of work To warrant that kind of interest uh, from Disney
0: uh, I, I like Guy Ritchie Okay I like snatch. I like uh, the the movie. I like <laughs> I like Black and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah. I like Rock and Rolla. Mm. I like Sherlock Holmes. But where does that equal Disney Aladdin? Can because Jason Statham play Aladdin?
1: <laughs> you, uh, that's my fear, though, is that
0: this is going to go into the Brockheimer Prince of Persia territory. Oh. <laughs>
1: Too soon, no, that, is it that <laughs> is something that needs
0: to be talked about?
1: Yeah, no, no, yeah, that totally makes sense, and it's actually really disheartening because I think rewatching 1992's Aladdin really recently, mm-hmm. I felt that there was a not, there's not like the wherever it was based in Saudi Arabia or the Middle East, it was an exotic background, mm-hmm. and everything was kind of like dressing. Mm-hmm. for whatever the disney movie was and so the people uh it could have been set anywhere yeah so is that what you're saying well i mean it was just it's an exotification of middle eastern culture is mm. what i'm saying and i feel like like redoing it you could do it in a more respectful way you know instead of like making it well s- then, dressing. then
0: maybe guy Ritchie's the one to do it maybe he, <laughs> maybe he will bring in mm. he does not have a eastern track record be- for that. <laughs> i know so that's a problem like,
1: i mean i'm always like when it comes to disney you can, you can always expect the same thing. They're always going to be safe. And they're, they factory assemble their films. So whoever director that comes in, it's going to be a hired gun. Will it have some uh, Guy Ritchie-ism, slow yeah. motion, cockney talk? Maybe <laughs> maybe so, maybe not. But I would not expect it. I expect it to be a very safe film. I don't see it. On the genie. On I'm the genie. <laughs> 10,000 years, Carl's such a crook in the neck. <laughs> yes, please make that happen.
0: Okay, now you say Disney could be playing it safe with Gary However, there was initial news that Mulan was going to be the white savior cast. Oh, yeah. But Disney explicitly came out and said, mm. no, this will be a Chinese cast. Yeah. Cool your jets.
1: It was uh, There was an actual draft that existed that mm-hmm. had a European merchant come in and be not only the love interest to Mulan, but be the one that saves China. And yeah. Mulan becomes a secondary character. Which, like, I'm glad they're getting rid of, but who in their right mind thought this was a good idea in the first <laughs> place? This is what I'm talking about, TC. Like Someone who <laughs> has
0: read the book Save the Cat's. Someone who doesn't oh, yeah. care about <laughs> the, the art- artistry of writing yeah. a film, mm. but about the business of writing an, mm. a film. Yeah, because that's what that that's that's what that had to have come. <laughs> <out>. Okay, <laughs> it had to come out of the mentality of like, this will sell. Yeah, we can get whoever the hot, current, sexy, young CW star mm. as a, as the the hero of this movie. Yeah.
1: Man, I just really... I'm curious about the inner workings of the Disney process and how they get films mm-hmm. made. Because, like, sometimes they do things where I'm like, yes, thank you. You're the one who is pioneering and championing diversity and inclusion and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But then some mm-hmm. things like this where I'm, I just really question it. You know, the Mulan and Aladdin thing? Yeah. It's really tricky because it's super ethnic. It's not... <laughs> and I don't say that in a derogatory, man. I say that in, like, this this needs to be handled with sensitivity and tactfulness mm-hmm. in mind because one wrong move you're going to get you're going to get the you're going to
0: get shit is a coming <laughs> yeah
1: because did you know there's a petition out there that is begging Disney to not whitewash anything, any aspect of Mulan. There's a hundred k signatures out there. Well, this is how passionate people are. You know, yeah, so passionate that they're willing to sign a petition about a fake character and not actually vote. <laughs> she is not fake. She is a
0: historically a historical figure. That that is true. <laughs> she is a real person. <laughs> when you when you look at the history of 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 the whole of Disney animation, yeah. Right. Now this is live action. But I'm just I want to pinpoint Disney animation in itself is that the inclusion of it, it has not been great. Yes. Okay. Before Hercules, which had named people of color in it, mm-hmm. the Muses. The character bef- the you know what the movie was before? Hercules in 92 or whatever, Fantasia. The second Disney movie. Uh-huh. In the fifties, <laughs> had a named black character in it. Wow! And it took Fifty years <laughs> for wow. them. But then you go from Hercules to Tiana, yeah, Princess and the Frog, and now they've they've started to delve into marginalized uh, territory. Okay, yeah, like with Moana being South Pacific, mm. and or at least
1: underrepresented uh, stories.
0: Yeah, uh, with the yeah. empowerment of the females that they've done the past mm. ten years. There's, there's a growth there, mm. and I think that there is. Think like a businessman. There is a market for that. Yeah. Okay. There is a market to say there is something good to the market to say we have an all Chinese cast. Mm-hmm. We can brag about that, <laughs> and that's sad yeah. because that shouldn't be something that needs to be bragged about. <laughs> but since it is, yeah. brag about it. <laughs> right? Yeah. You see where I'm going here? Yeah, it's like, I see. It's like. If they decide to whitewash this, they're asking for a world of pain. Yeah. But if they decide to make it a Chinese heritage film with as mm. many people from that world as possible making the movie. Yeah. They're gonna be okay.
1: They're gonna be okay. And here's my thing. I like <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> there is
0: cool. I love Disney so much, but just studying more of its history we there's talk for like A half hour about Disney before we even started recording today. Yeah. You know I love me some Disney, too. You do.
1: You love the man. It's a (laughs) a very fascinating empire to study. And there's just, like, so much traces of inherent racism that has been in their works for so long. And, like, like what we were talking about in the election um, podcast about how your seniors do certain things and it trickles down to the future gens and influence how they go about doing certain things. And that's how systems are maintained. And while these writers who thought that having a European trader, uh, be, the main focal point of the, the Mulan adaptation is a good idea.
0: Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I would like to date Mulan too. <laughs> I don't think I'm the main character <laughs> in that story. You, sir, would be a pedophile. <laughs> Wait, no, no, I mean, I, I just. <laughs> no kidding. I'm just I just want to date Ming I want to date Ming
1: <laughs> She's a wonderful woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what was this? Oh, yeah, yeah. So they are doing certain things that are classically Disney, you know, like. Like, having a – going – transporting our audience to an, an otherly world. It's very quote. – I'm doing quote-unquote foreign because I don't like the word. <laughs> Where it's not American. Mm-hmm. And so it's just us living vicariously rather than really inhabiting it in a truthful way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so this is why we're always misunderstanding cultures. It's because we're not getting – we're just getting a superficial level of it. Like, using it as, a, as costumes, as set dressing, and – Employ like I, I, still find it a bothersome to me that when you do something like Kubo, Kubo was a little controversial because it was set in Japan, is Japanese folklore. The entire mm-hmm. cast was white, except even the kid, even the kid. Um, like they, they were they were marketing as well. George Takei and Carrie uh, T- Tashinawa, who um, plays Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat, <laughs> 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 they're in the cast, but they play. Two unnamed villagers who has two lines throughout the entire two-hour movie. That's it. And so, like, I think this is a great opportunity to not only tell stories of that we don't hear often, mm. but employ talent that don't get don't often get employed because of whatever they are or whatever. Right. right. It, it, this is like an opportunity.
0: When to- you keep saying <clears throat> there's not a marketable Asian star. Yeah. First of all, that's wrong. Mm. But Second of all, make one then. <laughs> yes, TC. Um, I was I was tweeting
1: this out too, like, hashtag make Mulan, Mulan right. That was such a great hashtag, by the way, because it started this really great discussion. Um, I was just tweeting out, like, stars are made, not born. You know, we can't continue arguing saying Asian movie stars or Asian American movie stars can't mm. sell a film because we literally haven't tried. Yeah. There's no sample size. Like, I... I'm trying to think, like, Dragon, 1993, the Bruce, Bruce Lee biopic, mm-hmm. was, like, one I always referenced because, like, it's really prominent. Um, but I can't... It's so difficult to think of a large-scale mainstream film studio-backed with an Asian American or Asian lead in it. Anything Jackie Chan made? This is true, but it's, so, it's still, like, it's still this outsider mentality of, like, he's Asian doing very Asian things. Yeah. So... That makes sense because that's his niche. Mm-hmm. Like someone like Sung Kang, John Cho, or Stephen Yun, doing something like a die-hard movie or something like a um, like how any Oscar prestige film. Like, why can't we fathom that at all?
0: I am I am disappointed in us as a as a as a culture mm. that a movie that stars a Middle Eastern, an Asian American, and the most famous gay man on the planet is Harold and Kumar. And that, and that <laughs> ticks me off. <laughs> <laughs> that, t- that just ticks me off. <laughs> well,
1: I, I will say something about that movie, TC, because we we did a rewatch one of that. Not not you and
0: I, but you, I did, you did one up in Portland. Yeah. You did White uh, Harry and Kumar go to White Castle? Yes. And
1: I will say I did not like that movie at all when I first watched it. On the second rewatched, I loved it. And you know me; I don't. I'm with you. I don't like. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not into stoner comedy. No. I think it's so stupid and such a waste of time. But there was something. There was a lot more because, and I, I love the subtlety of their commentary about identity. Then mm-hmm. this is something that's really parallel with the Dragon, uh, the Bruce Lee Bell pick as well, mm-hmm. talking about how I'm not enough for my parents, but how I'm not enough for my white society either. Like which box do I fill? And it's like, it's filled with all these gags, but they're used as a guise, as a pretense to talk about identity and to talk about belonging. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a coming of age story actually. And it's like, if you can get over like the stupidity of some of it, it's kind of genius.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I won't, Argue with a point with you because I haven't rewatched the movie, so I can't say one way or the other if I agree or not. I, I just remember yeah. not liking it hmm. because White Castle is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I won't. I won't argue with it either because initially I did actually hate that film. Um, but I can yeah.
0: see your point in that the movie could be more than it seems at its surface because I yeah. I always feel sad at the end of American Pie. Yes, of, and that's because it. And we've discussed this before on the podcast. It's one of those movies that it. It came out the same time I was going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like going going through coming out of high school and moving on to the next stage of life. And there's something sad about saying goodbye. Yeah. And having to leave behind your putting your toys up on the shelf and mm-hmm. stop and start growing up. So surely there must be some element of that in Hero Kumar go to White Cat. <laughs> but again, I'm disappointed. You're so jeedured. J- right <laughs> there's it's because I just don't get it. Um, <laughs> but the, it does upset me that you got Cal Penn, John Cho, and Neil Patrick Harris, who are three uh, marginalized people. Like are, they, are, they represent a marginalized part of society. And they are so talented. Yes. They, they like. are comedic and dramatic actors. Yeah. Look at Neil Patrick Harris from something like How I Met Your Mother and then watch uh, Gone Girl. Look at John Cho in something like uh, Star Trek and harold and kumar and um I'm trying to think of a good dramatic turn for him
1: um oh uh i don't know if you've seen it but it's justin lynn's debut <laughs> <Justin's> <laughs> debut. Oh. <laughs>
0: better luck tomorrow okay
1: he plays um kind of like i don't want to say a jock but it's like a jock type mm-hmm. like that cool older boyfriend that the younger guys are kind of like intimidated by he yeah. plays kind of like intimidating nice. which is Different because he should be James Bond. Yeah, and then, <laughs>
0: and then uh, Cal Penn, who's capable of doing something like Hale Kumar or playing a uh, Van Wilder. <laughs> oh, yeah. that but rasantash. then look at him on House. Yes, and see that he's ca- and look at him even like Superman Returns. He can play something much smaller. Yeah, and, and softer of a character,
1: and a great role for him too, which he was. Uh, he led was the namesake. It's a Indian American coming of age film. Directed by an Indian American woman. There you go. Uh, Mira Nair, who directed who directed the recent uh, Queen of Kataway. Hey, there is
0: no such thing as an Indian American director. <laughs> that, a woman? What?
1: Uh, outrageous. <laughs> this can't be. Um, but going back to the point of. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we well, were talking about Mulan. Today. Mulan, yeah. Um, yeah, the just going back to what we were talking about the our Disney discussion last week Disney has unli- unlimited power and unlimited resources to where they can be the ones to set the precedents. Mm-hmm. they can be the ones to quote unquote take a risk even though I would argue this is not very risky you know what I mean like you slap something with the Disney name on it, Cause it take a look at the Jungle Book mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know when would you're the, voicing something, it's so tricky to say what sells. Because would the
0: bigger risk be to say do Snow White and cast an Asian woman as Snow. Would that be the riskier move?
1: That would be that would be pretty risky, and I, I that would probably never happen. Right. <laughs> I'm just trying to yeah. think of an example.
0: Like to do Beauty and the Beast and cast a cast a woman of color to play Belle. Like would that be the riskier move? Then
1: in, in comparison to To, you
0: you're doing Mulan. Obviously, you're going to cast a Chinese woman. Yeah, I, I would hope you do. Yeah, but wouldn't it be riskier to to just cast someone because they they fit the character as opposed to looking like the character? Mm. This is I, see, this it's, is it's a that's tri- a, a, a slippery slope because then fickle. you look at something like Ghost in the Shell. Scarlett Johansson might be perfect for the role of the main character because yeah. she nailed the audition. But mm-hmm. then it's like, well, no, this was an opportunity <laughs> that you missed. <laughs> yeah, so I. I I, I don't know where to land because it's such a it's such a gamble either way. Yeah, you just yeah. want to do. Right, I just want everyone to do right by everyone. <laughs> right. Come That's on, all, just just everyone do right by everyone. Same love, y'all.
1: <laughs> um, here's kind of my train of thought here. Um, I feel like when you cast a person of color in a predominantly white role, there's you have to think about context. Mm-hmm. Historically, does that make sense? That's one thing. Right. Um, Second of all, I think a lot in terms of, like, in a business sense, in terms of for, like, us as working people working in the industry. Yeah. Like, this is a chance to employ someone that might not have as many opportunities as another person. And in in a larger whole, like, um, in a societal context, if we can accept... Brandy as a black Cinderella in that ABC movie, yeah. which is actually pretty good.
0: Her, and, um, and she she has an Asian father. Yeah, oh, no, the, I'm sorry. The the prince has an a- Asian father, and Whoopi Goldberg is his mom. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> That's great. Those those and that was like 1997
1: or something like that, which is great Yeah, <laughs> and, which makes me thinking: are we are we regressing? <laughs> but if we can accept that, yeah, if we can if we're able to accept that idea that that anybody can be anybody, then we can start saying, uh, then we can start saying, is, is it okay to have white people in, in a movie or B movie or C movie? Mm-hmm. Because in that macro context, it's, if you put a white person and say, ghost in the shell, Go <laughs> ghost, especially ghost in the shell. Um, it might not mean as much in Japan because Japan's got their own issues mm-hmm. that I don't, I don't really understand their politics, but in Asian American politics, that's taking away employment. That's taking away a narrative that mm. um, belonged to a very small and underrepresented uh, community already. And so that's just kind of like erasing people yeah. um, through pop culture. That That's why, like, there's this really cool article in The Atlantic recently about how, like, you and I talk about cowboy culture a lot because we love Westerns. <laughs> how the golden era of the Hollywood studio system, John Ford and John Wayne and whatnot completely erase latinos and latino americans because Mm -hmm. they're essentially the first cowboys who got you know pushed off their land or whatever and had their like like uh, rancho that's that's the word ranch is from rancho and ranchero Mm -hmm. and that's that's not that's just something that was systemically erased and now we we characterize the word cowboy to john wayne now even though that's not the correct imagery right and so i don't know just stuff like that that kind of keeps me up at night but like i'm just thinking in that terms like if we continue down the path that we've classically been going mm-hmm. there will be no rules for people of color there will be no rules for anyone else who is trying to have their voice out be out there but it's being suppressed so I'm i just think thinking there,
0: that there's a, a couple progressive things that have happened yeah that, first i want to say uh, flight which is one of my favorite movies of mm-hmm. a couple of years ago i thought denzel was a lock for the oscar if lincoln hadn't come out yeah and you got Denzel Washington and Don Cheadle in two of the most important roles in the movie, mm. and, and race is not an issue in that movie at all. Mm. And that's amazing. Just yeah. let's tell this life story. Or let's tell this story, and, and race has no has nothing to do with it. It's just Denzel's playing this guy, Cheadle's playing that guy, John Goodman's that guy. Let's move on. Bruce mm. Greenwood's over here, boom. And I thought that was really neat that, that it wasn't, by not addressing it, they, they were just making... It was normal. Yeah. We have to continue to think better because we are only doing... We are only
1: perpetuating the things that we see, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like... You're saying I'm, more like flight, where it's just... Flight's
0: awesome. Just keep it normal.
1: It, yeah. It is. He's a pilot. I, what else do you need to know? I feel like the way to normalize things is to increase the, the visibility. Mm-hmm. Like, you may have read into that as just normal or as they didn't think about it, but I... I I like to think that having Denzel there will inspire many young black folks who are aspiring filmmakers to to think hey maybe I can be there. Right. Yeah.
0: And yes and that's that's what I'm complimenting the movie on and yeah. that that they put him in such a in that position in mm and made it so normal yeah. that, it, that it could in, inspire people to be like yeah I can do that
1: it could be okay yeah. just like be, just like having president obama in the office like it's okay for you mm-hmm. for you to think you can be the president and so that's why there obviously we are inspired by what we see mm-hmm. the images that we're exposed to every day it shapes our perceptions and our biases but to break out of it is to int- we have to intentionally think about these things on a on a big picture scale. You know mm. what I mean? Like I don't. I've never learned. I, this is what I'm telling my friend here because um, him and I kind of gotten into an argument because over this fox thing. Yeah, um, it's not really an argument. It's more like he had good intentions, but his naivete to my community's issues made it seem like what he was saying was. Um, it was uh, kind of like privileged ableism. You know what I mean? Like you, you are yes, you're an immigrant, but European and white passing, and you're able to, you know, coast along without having to think about visibility in the media, or like being or misrepresentation in general, and just being these caricatures constantly. You know, yeah. and so like I've I'm, I'm come from the school of like I will never learn anything by talking over somebody or giving someone unsolicited advice. <laughs> on something I have no knowledge about. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when it comes to representation and visibility, I really like to go out and kind of hear all these different stories. Like, Bryce Marrero, my friend, who uh, just did a casting session for a short film, um, uh, is casting all black actors. And so, one by one, I was running cameras. I was just, you know, (laughs) filming these um, folks who are, like, seasoned veterans, been in the industry for years. Um, Each one of them just boom 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 we're saying like thank you so much for writing this like I'm not saying this to suck up to you I'm just saying like all, in all my years it's very rare to come across a script like this that a, a role for a black middle aged woman who's not uh, demeaning overly sassy or a cop or a thug or whatever and stuff like that like to to have someone say that or, like over and over like I've you and I we, we talk about a lot of these issues but I've I don't know if you lived it but I've never lived it So I don't know it firsthand, but hearing it from real life people, Mm -hmm. it just reaffirmed something inside me. You know what I mean? Like I I was really touched that day, TC. So that's why like, it's so important that we can keep talking about this, even though it's so like, I I get tired of talking about it a lot, but it It needs to be talked about. Something needs to be done because we are just doing what we know Mm -hmm. when there is so much more to know out there. But how do we get there? You know? And that's why employing and making, being, ah, gosh, I'm freaking out here because, like, I'm having so many thoughts running at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> having, having a diverse writer's room uh, behind the camera, in front of the camera, it really helps. And my mentor, who I'm talking to right now, she says, yeah, like, it's really cool that on Iron Fist half your crew was, were, were women because you're telling a very feminist story. Mm-hmm. And, like, you as a guy, you know, have not lived those things but just having that synergy, that energy there and working together and having them tell me too, like, Oh, that that in your script, that one moment, that actually happened to me that one like one time in my life. And I'm like, Yeah, because I actually got that from a woman that I talked to a long time ago. Like she mentioned that account to me. So like I don't it's just like real life experiences rather than just seeing what you saw on the screen. And I know this is like a long tangent that it's like, whoa, where's he going with this? <laughs> But I I guess just to wrap up my random thought is, like, care more. Care more and be more intentional about how you care. Because, like, I understand I have naivete as well as how how this business operates. Mm -hmm. Because, like you said many times, it is cold-blooded and cutthroat. But I feel like with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) So... You know, sometimes with
0: limited power comes great responsibility too. Yeah, this is true.
1: (laughs) And so I I just feel like Disney's in a position where they could do great. They're doing good things, but they could be doing
0: great things. And maybe they will.
1: Maybe yes. I'm just jumping the gun, but like hearing hearing about Guy Ritchie, I'm not screaming. Uh, out of excitement on my chair, so like right. I don't know. Uh, how do you feel? I'm sorry, I'm just taking over the microphone. Right <laughs> <laughs> Give me this microphone. <laughs> well, how, what what's your like initial reaction when you heard the news? I think it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I don't. Guy Ritchie does not lend itself to a legend on, on paper. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. Like, has he done anything fantastical? Like Sherlock? It's not even. I it's there's some like fantastical elements to it, mm. but. It's not Disney. Nope. He doesn't you know. have.
0: And now here is the thing: there are directors in the past who have proven themselves capable as directors who have gone on to create things like to go from uh, Super to Guardians of the Galaxy with yes. uh, using um, um, James Gunn. James Gunn as an example, mm. or uh, uh, Brian Singer going from Usual Suspects into the X Men, mm. and it's that taking taking someone of that caliber of direction directing. Uh, and being able to put them into something bigger, it's it's perfectly possible. But at the same time, throwing someone out of their element into something too big, you get Josh Trank, and you get something like the Fantastic Four. Now, Guy Ritchie has been doing this a long time. Okay? Yeah, he's he's a he's a a seasoned filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He knows how to make a good movie. He knows how to make a movie his way. I don't see his style lending itself to an Aladdin movie. Yeah, that just seems odd for me. I could see Guy Ritchie pulling off a really badass Peter Pan. I could see (laughs) Guy Ritchie pulling off a really badass uh, Three Musketeers. Mm -hmm. Like something that that is not in his wheelhouse in terms of you're going into like the fantasy realm. Something a little more, uh, you know, less gritty street. But uh, it's still in his wheelhouse to say Peter Pan, to Mm -hmm. say, you know, uh, Three Musketeers. Like that's still in his wheelhouse. Aladdin does not feel in Guy Ritchie's wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just add to me.
1: I just think the name Guy Ritchie Screams style over substance. So if that's the direction that they're kinda of aiming for for Aladdin, then it won't be any it won't be any different from the nineteen ninety two version. Which is was like kind of sorely disappointed watching the watching it recently mm-hmm. because what came from it was Robin Williams is amazing yes. and everything else is kinda of
0: cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> And a whole new world's a good song. Oh uh, yeah, Alan Menken, Alan Menken, <laughs> and, and Robin Williams. There you go. <laughs> was it Alan Menken? It was. Okay. Was it? Or was
1: it? Who's who's the other famous Disney composer? Ah oh, man. Okay. We'll just say Alan <laughs> there's Minkin. no way to know. There's, there's, just, there's no way to find what? out. There's no Alan resource Minkin. technologically <laughs> readily
0: at the available at our hands right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to get into the tweets. Yes. Okay, so as we are getting closer and closer to potentially the end of the world, uh, we, aka the U.S. election. The U.S. election. <laughs> Did you hear what Vladimir Putin said today? That if you in... want to avoid a nuclear war, hmm. vote for Trump. Yes, I read it. Is oh. that a threat? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my and God. And I'm here to tell you don't vote for that orange <laughs> menace. <laughs> Have you been watching the debates? Have you? Or are you just watching clips of the debates?
1: Yes, I watched the last two in full. Okay, so so and so And I. Both
0: times, <laughs> this is just utter insanity. I, I don't know how many times I've just shook my head, <laughs> marveling at these two contestants in the worst reality show in the history of reality shows. Yes, uh, who wants to be the president? <laughs> well, I'll tell you who I'd like to be the president. My favorite film and television president, President David Palmer from Twenty Four. <laughs> and uh, if if anyone's watched Twenty Four, they know that David Palmer is is the true first black president. <laughs> 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 David Hayes Hayes Hayesburn Hayesburn, uh, that, yeah. that deep voice, and that Uh-oh. that presence. Is an all state in your hands. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we, so you put a tweet up, mm-hmm. you asked what, are, and I asked uh, last week as well, if you guys wanted to tweet at me, at TC's Big Head, at Benji Toes, who your favorite fictional president is. And we got some responses. Yes, we did. Who, so. Who, oh, you don't have it up yet? Oh, sorry. Dropping I'm, the ball I'm on the game. <laughs>
1: well, our first submission is from our fellow Rewatchman himself, Chris Scholes. Chris Scholes.
0: Rewatchman Chris Scholes.
1: Hello. Congratulations on baby number one. Woo! Um, Baby Oscar. Baby Oscar. Baby Oscar.
0: Uh, so his answer was
1: Dave from Dave. From <laughs> oh, Dave,
0: played, played by Chris Klein. Chris Klein. Uh, I actually recommended this as one of our potential movies to watch okay. for this election Oh, yeah, I season. did remember. Yeah. Yes. I once caught a fish this big. <laughs> there, there's a scene in particular in Dave that always just seems like, why don't we do this? And it's where because he's just an accountant from the middle of nowhere who looks like the president mm. and fills in for him. Have you ever seen this movie? I've seen it once okay. for my uh, political science. Of course, class. it would be a political. But so <laughs> he sits down and goes, "All right, where's all of our money going? Okay, <laughs> let's cut that. Let's cut." And he just does like a he balances the checkbook <laughs> like someone who just got back from the supermarket for the whole country. And it's just a it's just just a fun scene. And that movie's a comedy for sure. But there's. Kevin Kline's a master class actor. Right? You can take something as goofy as the prince and the Popper, hmm. the prince and the president. <laughs> no, the president and the Popper. Okay. <laughs> there you go. And make it a very endearing film. So yeah. So good, good one. Did there he have any reason behind it or did he just say Dave? He just said
1: Dave. He Dave. said Dave, Dave Kovic from Dave. <laughs> <laughs> man, a <of> few words. <laughs> Dave, Chris, Dave, Chris.
0: He's a very efficient man. I mean, his Chris is Chris with a K. Yes. And that is the most efficient way. That I can think of. Spell the name, Chris.
1: Was he a fan of hip hop duo Crisscross?
0: Uh, he has a tattoo on his shoulder. Wait, is this a joke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell sometimes, T C. <laughs> <laughs> context, context.
1: Ah, Derek Hoffman, the the good old internship supervisor that I had a long time ago. Thank you for listening, Derek. Thank you for tweeting. Um, he he says Bartlett for prez, uh, President Bartlett from the West Wing. Ah, was played it, by Martin Sheen. Mar- Martin Sheen for yeah. for 8 seasons, right? Yes, and yeah. I have not seen the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: there you could always just go on YouTube and watch some great clips of that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Jeff is Jeff in turn Jeff is currently rewatching the entire West Wing because he's taken the Aaron Sorkin master class writing uh writing class. Okay. And so he's uh the Aaron Sorkin's master class is teaching about film and television writing. Sorkin left The West Wing at season 4, so or maybe left season 5. But the the final exam of the series of his class is going to be conceptualizing and writing the scripts for what would have been the next season had he stayed on the show. Ah, so, uh, but West Wing is an incredibly cool show. Are a fan of the show? Yeah, it's, it's it's Aaron Sorkin's snappy walk and talk snappy dialogue. So mm. if you like something like Social Network or um, uh, what's the one he just did? Uh, Jobs. Jobs, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you like that sort of rapid-paced, tongue-in-cheek, intellectual people. Yeah. Or you can watch Gilmore Girls. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorkin's cool. I, I never watched the entirety of West Wing. I've only mm-hmm. seen bits and pieces of, here and there, but everything I've I've ever seen of it, it's been very, very cool. And a good present. There's a great clip about President Bartlett taking a woman down for saying we should live by the Bible. Mm. And he's like, oh, okay, so we should stone women, them, cut their hair, and we should do this, this, this. And he's he's quoting the Bible for all the Old Testament <laughs> craziness. <laughs> and there's a great moment in the series where they someone's trying to convince the cabinet to change the public school globe hmm. map, the map of the earth. Have you ever seen the true map of the earth? No. America's pretty big on a map of the earth, right? Hmm. No. America <laughs> is so small, and Africa is gigantic uh, in reality. Look it up. It's very, very cool. Google the actual size of the continents, and you'll be surprised that Europe, India, China, and America all fit inside of Africa.
1: Are we compensating for something, America? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> all right, next did, up. did you have one? Did you have
0: your – well, who's your favorite fictional president? I said mine was David Palmer. I will have to think about that for a little bit. That is,
1: You've uh, had a week! I know! Ben. I'm sorry! <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, Van Dang, a good old uh, childhood buddy back from Oregon, he says, Get off my plane. Ooh. Which alludes to Harrison Ford from Air Force One.
0: And I forgot <laughs> his character's name. Uh, so we are just calling him President Harrison Ford. President Harrison Ford <laughs> from Air Force One going up against Gary Oldman.
1: Yes. Great matchup, by the way. This is a movie <laughs> I actually watched. <laughs> um, yes. So, I... What, oh, that was what I thought. Because <laughs> <laughs> Candace came in. Here. What
0: do we yes, got here? You know, it's uh, Lentil Bean with Cheese and Chicken. Lentil Beans with Cheese oh, so and nice, Chicken. And made by Paper Craft... Can- uh paper Can- this Paper part- Crane Crafty. There you go.
1: Pa- paper Crane paper Crafty. <laughs> is this <laughs> part of your crafty Advertised correctly. <laughs>
0: Okay. Okay. gummers. This is great for audio. Do mm. you hear that, people? <laughs> it's got a little sriracha drizzled on the top of it. That's really good. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, hmm. Well, yes. This break in the episode, <laughs> you by paper craft crafty. Paper crane crafty. God darn it. <laughs> your partners gonna be mad. <laughs> okay. okay.
1: Okay. Um. So this is one of the few presents I've seen. Get off my plane! In action, because in all these action movies, the president is always kidnapped or dies, <laughs> or stuck behind
0: his desk in the office, like launch the nukes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and
1: saying stuff like "God help us all." <laughs> my God, my good God! man. And so, it's really cool to see Harrison Ford take charge as like it's so like it's so typical American machismo, right? <laughs> you always want your president to be able to like. To be able to say, if our president were in a boxing ring with like someone else's president, I bet our president could kick your ass. Blah, blah, blah. I bet
0: my president could kick your president's ass. Yeah,
1: and is that kind of fantasy coming to life in this movie? <laughs> and this movie's awesome.
0: I have a question: hmm? Is Harrison Ford a good actor, or has he just played enough iconic characters? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying hmm. that to imply that i don't love harrison ford yes but much like samuel jackson where i will question his ability (laughs) i'm curious is harrison ford a good actor
2: Hmm.
1: i think just to go back to that conversation we were having about matthew broderick about charisma versus the chameleon Mm -hmm. i think he's just a guy that's so likable um he, I mean he plays one type he plays Harrison Ford Yeah, <laughs> nu- varying degrees of Harrison of yeah. varying degrees of Harrison Ford <laughs> it's like nuanced Harrison Ford but I mean the guy's only been nominated once was for witness right mm. and and uh, not to say that's an indicator of talent but I can't think of any conversation that I've had or read about where Harrison Ford is up there with like the greatest actors like of all time. Like De Niro. <laughs> yeah. He's not like a thespian.
0: But we love Indiana Jones Yeah. and Han Solo mm. and Jack Ryan. I, I, don't yeah. know if, I don't know if people really love Jack Ryan. And Hollywood Homicide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh. Never bring that up but, again. But <laughs> as, as our dear President Harrison Ford,
1: he's... Mm. He's, he's fantastic. Right. Yeah. He's, he's perfect. I would love him for him to be our real president. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we would love Harrison Ford as our real president. <laughs> so cranky. <laughs> Um this is kind of a tangent conversation but I'm just thinking about it now. Just We, we don't we
0: don't we don't do that here. We don't <laughs> I'll allow it this one time. Just, just one this off one, shoot, just of this one time when I'm putting it on the board. <laughs> and it's up here. I'm taking it down. This is your one chance at it. One a chance. One get j- one get out of jail free card. Um
1: do you think this idea of like so I don't know as much about theater as you because that's, like, your background. Do you think because of the birth of cinema, it has birthed a different style of acting to where you can glide by with your natural charisma and personality as opposed to being a trained thespian?
0: Yes. But this this goes back to the 70s, okay, mm-hmm. um, because Marlon Brando kind of the poster boy for this uh, James Dean was this way as well it was method acting when met, met, method acting came about and, you, and I'm sure people listening have heard of method acting before those of you involved in theater and acting I'm gonna, you're going to know more than me I will admit that wholeheartedly but uh, it's it, Dustin Hoffman and Lawrence Olivier, Olivier were in a movie together and Dustin Hoffman wanted to get like he would run around and get all like pumped up for the scene and, and Lawrence Olivier just said try acting it's mm. easier <laughs> <laughs> and theatrical acting, which is all about presentation and performance and enunciation, and it's acting. It's theater with an R E, right? <laughs> and method acting became no, I must, I have to feel it. If I'm supposed to be punched in the face, punch me in the face. Mm. And, and, and that'll make me feel it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have to act because I will be it. Mm. And that, that created a different style of acting in film. You get something like Taxi Driver. You get something like uh, uh, on the waterfront. You get a different cinema, and and cinema as we know it was developed from there. Go back and look at the Oklahoma and uh, and those older classic like Gone with the Wind. It's very theatrical. The camera doesn't even move. It's mm-hmm. very stagey. And once actors took took. Acting in a different direction, filmmaking pushed in a more visceral, real direction as well. Now, what you're asking is getting by by the charm and looks and whatnot. That came about with the celebrity of film. Here okay, you go. because then, and and actually, in my most recent one-minute rewatch, I addressed this. Tom Cruise is one of the last true blue Hollywood stars because he a very few people can sell a movie strictly on his name not the content not the franchise no, it's it's tom cruise that's all you need to know there aren't many actors that can do that anymore and it's it's jennifer lawrence is an example of someone of recently that can sell a movie just based strictly on her name amy adams is not someone who can sell a movie on her name maybe she's the better actress but the 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 bankability of a name that that's that changed as tabloids became a, a national thing as opposed to like the talking around the co- the coffee cooler the coffee cooler what <laughs> talking around the water cooler you're at weird offices <laughs> <laughs> ice coffee's a thing but it's the it's the notoriety of the it's the celebrity mm-hmm. that we put up on a pedestal that allows them to get by on lack of ability oh that someone who is just fired. Yeah, uh, well, I, and I don't. I don't mean this to be offensive because there's plenty of people who can get by on their name, mm-hmm. and and then there are people who are actual true blue actors. Christian yeah. Bale takes his acting very seriously. Um, George Clooney takes his acting very seriously, but he's also a celebrity. Mm. But look at the people who come and go. I got okay. I, I know how to wrap this up. I know how to wrap up this. Stuff. <laughs> Taylor Kitsch. Yes. Sam Worthington. Yes. Shia LaBeouf. Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. Okay. Stop trying to make those guys a thing. (laughs) Okay. Until they can prove ability, they won't have longevity. Yeah. And that goes the same for Nickelodeon stars and Disney stars and um, models who turn actor, uh, athletes who turn actor. It's like your your notoriety and your charm of being who you are can only get you so far. Mm. And you've got to be one hell of a charming person to continue to build a career on that. The Rock! Sasha Baron Cohen mm. is the opposite. <laughs> Aren't we all a little tired of Borat? Yes. Borat was a flash-in-the-pan success, mm. and he's been trying to ride that since. Do you remember the Brothers Grimsley? No, that's a little strong, right? And that came out this year. Yeah. But you don't remember that because mm. it was a piece of shit. <laughs> so I think I'm addressing your question mm. of if I think that... But I, I don't think this is a new thing. Yeah. This has been around forever. Mm-hmm. The, the notability of a name can sell a movie, but the talent of a an actor or an actress will make them stand the test of time.
1: Yes, yes, that's huh. that, that's a really cool way to put it, actually. Because as paparazzi culture was given birth, that's kind of when you when we kind of recognize names in films. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I can't think. I mean, not that I was living back in the era, <laughs> but if you watch studio films from like twenties, um, the they didn't really bill the actors as like first billing. It's more like
0: well, if you go pre, if you go the old Hollywood system, they yeah. they did, but they didn't have to necessarily yeah. because if it was a Paramount picture, you knew it was going to be Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, like it just was a given. Cary Grant worked for Warner Brothers. That's you true. knew that was going to happen. It's contractual. Yeah. But if you if you think of more modern context, some people have to break out of their name: mm. Anne Hathaway, um, Channing Tatum, Zac Efron, like the, Lindsay Lohan. Like you can look at varying degrees of people who their their name their their celebrity is so detrimental to what they want to pursue. Yeah. that some try to break out of it and some can't. Some just don't have the talent to go the distance. And some do. Zach Efron, I think, is a, an extremely talented guy who is proving himself more and more as he goes along in his career. How far will that take him? I don't know. But I think he's proven he's more than just the name from the High School Musical. Mm. Uh, Channing Tatum, I think, is proving little by little that he's more than just a pretty face. And Anne Hathaway has an Oscar. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly. <laughs> Something's working. Something's working. <laughs>
1: Channing Tatum is a very interesting character study because this guy started out, I thought he was like the worst actor I've ever laid my <laughs> eyes upon, but he works so hard. He actually really tries. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it's very serviceable now. He's a very serviceable actor. Yeah. Yeah. Which is I, shocking to say. Given,
0: <laughs> given time, he, he, Zac Efron's like another case, given the right. Time and the right roles and the right dedication to it, they could craft themselves into something like Sean Penn or Matthew McConaughey, mm. two people who were just names yes. from from early in their career. Spicoli and all right, all right, all right, <laughs> and they they had to break out of that, however they could. Mm. You know, and then you and then you look at someone like um, C. Thomas Hall, <laughs> right? Who exactly? <laughs> <laughs> he was in Soul Man. What? (laughs) This where the guy wanted to go to the all black school, so he paints himself black, and then he goes to the what? Yeah, this is a real movie, Ben. Oh my god, he has a Jerry curl.
1: So, is this the Eddie Murphy movie? No, no, no. This is a movie from the
0: eighties. Holy crap! (laughs) (laughs) But no, uh, it's 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 celebrity versus talent. It's how can you can you prove yourself more? I mean, what has C. Thomas Hall done lately? He was the crane operator in Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> the the
1: notable crane operator, yes, operator. yeah. Okay. <laughs> he was the best crane <laughs> operator, T.C. <laughs> um, and that's why
0: he's our best fictional president. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, apologies for derailing that, but I thought that was an interesting thought. I just
0: thought, oh. hey, I started it by asking you if Harrison Ford was talented, <laughs> <laughs> and
1: just to wield it back back to our president discussion.
0: Um,
1: Ryan Frakes. So this is a show I haven't seen a lot, but it's, um, it's very very popular. House of Cards.
0: Mm. Frank Underwood. Frank Underwood. our
1: good, our good friend from uh, our, the old AMC days, Ryan Frakes, says Frank Underwood hands down.
0: Do we do we want? Have you watched – you said you haven't watched House of I haven't, but I, I heard he's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, then it goes back to our conversation about election, about is the dedication of, of wanting to be in that position and doing everything you can to be in that position necessarily a bad thing? Hmm. It's what you do once you're in that position that proves if this was – if the ends justified the means. Yeah, I think that's Frank, – Frank Underwood is a – is an example of that, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's Kevin Spacey, so he's so good. Yeah, <laughs> and someone who breaks the fourth wall. Yes, he that's talks true. To the camera.
1: I've I've seen that part. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you for tweeting. Thank you,
1: Ryan. Uh, Rachel, good old AMC. Rachel, boop, boop. Uh, she says, uh, "Bill Pullman." <laughs> as you, uh, TC Domist earlier. <laughs> I, I, I
0: anticipated Bill Pullman being on this list more than once. Who else said Bill Pullman? Let's see who else said Bill Pullman. Uh, for those of you who may not have watched my one minute rewatch, I can I will reiterate it here that speech is one of the greatest film speeches of all time <laughs> you're, you're, you're looking at me like do you just your brow furrowed because I don't think you agree with me no honestly.
1: no, no I, I do think so but, um. I don't disagree, actually, because it's <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny to think of it because of the source. Mm-hmm. It's freaking Independence Day!
0: <laughs> uh, now, I, I recently sent you a video by Movie Bob. Yes. Uh, now, Movie Bob, as I will I will go on record in saying, is he's either spot on or super annoying. <laughs> the guy has a way with words, and some of his his commentary is just obnoxious but sometimes he just nails it and he has a fantastic youtube series called really that good hmm. where he he looks at films and he and he breaks them down to their social like what did they do to to society why why they existed at the time they came out how's it affected and like he really breaks down movies and he did independence day and one of the greatest things about independence day that he pointed out is that the movie is not american hmm. it is patriotic in a world sense and that speech itself is all it, it says it, it's this is no longer an american holiday this is a world holiday where we stood up as a people and and fought against tyranny as a world and it's this amazing speech uh and i and i even referenced the same sentiment in my one minute rewatch that speech is so freaking good and you want to talk about a president who kick ass he gets in a jet <laughs> like he's a former air uh, airman mm-hmm. and when the when it's time to fight he's not going to sit and watch people fight for him he's he got in that plane and he went out there and did his duty as a as a as a human to <laughs> hell yeah rachel who else said it who else said it who you, said bill pullman the yeah. answer is done we know who the greatest fictional president is this not pod- in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is over. <laughs> you know what?
1: Actually, I thought there was going to be more, but there wasn't. All right. Well, thank you, yeah. everybody, for, for tweeting out. And- oh, I mean, there's there's more answers, but not oh. more for Bill Pullman. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, well, thank Sorry. you. <laughs> thank you for Bill Pullman. I agree. Uh, someone who echoes a similar sentiment of who your favorite president is,
0: mm-hmm. Emmanuel Ortiz, our yes. former supervisor. Yes, Emmanuel. It says President Palmer from 24. He is correct. He is correct. What a good man. Uh, his wife in that, uh, on 24, I can't remember the actor's name, but the character's name is Sherry. And she is wonderfully despicable. Is she Robin Wright Penn? No. No, no, no. Um, uh, this is from 24. Oh, wait, sorry, 24. One of my thank And that actress is so good that whenever I see her in other things, I immediately dislike her. <laughs> <laughs> because she plays such a you will be president. And she, ah, but I have put on a smile. Like, my, my deepest, darkest fear is that Michelle Obama's really secretly mean. <laughs> no. And, and I don't want her to be because she's the greatest. Yes. <laughs> she's just like, Barry, get it together. Can, Do can, I have to run this country for you? Can Michelle Obama just be first lady forever? Yeah. Please.
1: <gasps> or someone gave me a really good idea the other day. Why isn't she running for president? <laughs> she, she can run.
0: She definitely can be our president. She can run
1: in the future. Yeah, that'd be fence And then Malali and Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> God help us. Dynasty. <laughs> um, good friend, Elaine Hang. She also says Frank Underwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you, Elaine. Uh, Edwin Madero says Harrison Ford. So we have a lot of overlays. <laughs> Overla- yeah, overlap. overlap. Overlaps. Uh, Taylor Week, my, my good friend from NBC Asia America. Mm-hmm. She says, President Richard Martinez, and this is from a Disney Channel show called Corey in the House.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Your your favorite president is from Corey in the House.
1: i've Woo. never seen the show i had to google it so i have no idea what she's talking about you know
0: what that is a that is a very cute answer <laughs> have you seen oh, no, that, no, show that sounds super seen? condescending i don't i don't mean that like oh aren't you precious i mean that that is a that is a fun answer because we're looking at we're looking at serious action hero presidents and, and dramatic television show presidents who face assassination and and she's bringing up a president who is a fun dude like, <laughs> like i have not seen cory in the house um my dad taught fifth grade for thirty plus years, and in order to be able to connect with his kids, he watched the Disney Channel all the time. So <laughs> I got to watch like That's So Raven, and when I'm in college here, I got that, my dad's watching That's So Raven, and, <laughs> and uh, um, Cory in the house being one of those shows. That was he, that
1: the spinoff?
0: No, I don't. Huh. I don't think they were. Sp- sp- wait, was it the spinoff? Or am I being racist because they're both black? shows? <laughs> <laughs> but that is that's fun that someone's picking that because it. it you know, uh, someone could pick um, President Natalie Portman from from uh, Mars Attacks because <laughs> she, she, she was the first daughter, and then everyone gets killed. Oh, <laughs> Jack, Jack Nicholson from uh, from um, Mars Attacks. It's <laughs> a so good answer. I'm glad someone threw a fun one in there. Yeah, that was. Like, Unless that's... she's super serious and wants him to run the country, then then I worry about her.
1: then worry about your game choice. <laughs> uh, thank you, Taylor. Um, Chelsea, Kama. she says, Dave as well, another Dave, multiple yeah. exclamation people
0: points. love K- Kevin
1: Klein, K- Kevin Klein, in and out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Francis Culato, great a uh, great program runner at the L.A. Asian American Pacific Festival. Um, Thanks, dude. He says, Chris Rock from Head of State. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> another good one.
0: Although, to tell you the truth, Chris Rock's commentary on on politics and society is. Wonderful! It's
1: it's like it's some of the best observational humor. Mm-hmm. Like just growing up, he's kind of like him and Eddie Murphy was kind of my uh, gateway into looking at kind of into quote unquote <laughs> adult stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because like I didn't really understand it wrap it around my head, but they mm-hmm. said it in a way where my twelve year old mind could understand. Look to yeah. this
0: day, mm-hmm. Chris Ratt, I I will forever remember and how how. Yes, please. We don't need real gun control. We need bullet control. <laughs> if bullets were expensive, there'd be less shootings. <laughs> I don't wanna, it with y'all. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But head of state's um, <laughs>
1: Chris Rock. <laughs> Chris Rock, making a grand fictional president mm. well, maybe a good real yeah, president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Justin Wu also says Bill Pullman. Okay, there you go. Second yeah. Bill Pullman. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Oliver says President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert uh, Camacho. <laughs> I knew one of them. I love Terry
0: Crews. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> listen, listen to our previous episode. <laughs> yes, last week we said enough.
1: Celia <laughs> uh, also another um, NBC Asia America cohort, Salia Blancafor. Do TV shows count? Yes, they yes, do. They do. Uh, I was going to say Selena
0: Meyer from Veep. Thank you. You know, I was... Just going to bring that up next. That we hadn't heard any female representation in the yeah. presence. Have you watched Veep at all? No, but was very so. good. So, you know, what I love about Veep is that Democrats who who work and exist in in D.C. tell them all the time, "Man, you're really you're really nailing it. Like mm-hmm. you're you got it. You're you're zinging it to them." And Republicans who work and live in occupied D.C. always tell the showrunners, "Man, you're really nailing it. Like you're, <laughs> you're really getting it." So it's incredible how accurate that show is. For everyone, <laughs> and Julie, Julie uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus is so incredible. Yeah, she's just insanely. I would never want to meet her in person because mm. I she's probably like really she doesn't want to talk to me. So, uh. <laughs> but she Ele. she's so talented, that, and the comedians on that show are incredibly talented. Mm. Um, Hugh Laurie was in the most recent season. As oh, well. really? Yeah, yeah. I love Hugh Laurie. Yeah, there is some incredible comedy, mm. and it's a lot of improv comedy okay but done by experts yeah because uh, I will I will controlled. Continue. I will always say it. there's nothing worse than bad improv comedy <laughs> <laughs> so good thank you for that one uh, who was who that again that, that was uh, Celia Blancafor from thank you,
1: NBC um George Shaw also says David Palmer thank you George
0: thank like George that was that was the last one huh?
1: La- last one right here yeah. and this this one might be my answer because this is uh, this is one of my favorite uh, parody movies mm-hmm. uh Theo, Theo Rolatto says, "President Screw from Spaceballs." <laughs> <laughs> Why did anyone tell me my ass is so big. <laughs> Come the desert, <clears throat> man, we ain't found shit. <laughs> <laughs> that that movie is a quote factory. Of oh Disney. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And God and God willing, we'll all be together for Spaceballs two. <laughs> search for more money. The search <laughs> for more money.
1: <laughs> Wait, <laughs> if we're here and then we're in that part of the movie. Then where are we right now? It's, this is now.
0: This is now. Um, it's uh, this is now. You know now. there's an animated series. Yes, on Spike. Yeah, I never, I, I never have watched it, but I can. not
1: Cameron went.
0: And you know what? It's, it's Bill Pullman. He's in it. He's in it. <laughs> well, he, was, he was Lone Star in Spaceballs. Oh
1: man, I didn't think he would actually take that job. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: uh, great. The, there's some fun answers in there. So uh, <clears throat> yeah, and you—that's your answer as well. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, that's a. Uh,
1: that, that's a president willing to laugh at himself. I well, feel like a lot of <laughs> t- movie presidents, it's like like we were alluding to, it's very serious, very dire. So yeah. like, every time it's something different I mean, something great. fun, it's yeah.
0: Well, we will soon exist in a world which should be a fictional presidency because <laughs> we're watching so, somehow Saturday Night Live is, is cracked open and bled into reality, and we are watching an election between these two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's nice knowing you, TC. I, I don't think come November I'll be allowed in this country I, anymore.
0: No, because he's got a great relationship with China. China. Yeah.
1: China. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> My God, then.
1: what? What is his deal with adding the and then insert minority group? <laughs> he has a the great African relationship Americans. with the blacks. I love the Latinos. <laughs> he's
0: a 70-year-old man. <laughs> He is look okay. Okay, I I I thought of something. Okay, okay, I don't blame America Hmm. for siding with Donald Trump. I don't blame it because we proved as a people that we would make the greatest TV show of all time, Breaking Bad, Hmm. which is about a crazy person a bad <laughs> a bad person who mm. we rooted for to the very end no matter how bad walter white was we rooted for him to the very end and yeah. i so i don't i'm not surprised that we have backed this man mm. now donald trump is far worse than walter white <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes donald trump is worse than the meth, d- meth maker you understand walter's here's the motives thing. here's the thing okay I understand it, but then I'm like, well, why don't people like Hillary more? She's – she's yes, okay, yes, I hear you out there now like, oh, she's a liar. She, she's a <laughs> career politician. She's yeah. she's done some shitty things too. Yes. But has she done as shitty of things as Donald Trump? Yes, mm-hmm. pe- people are arguing with you right now. Yes, <laughs> yes she has. Here's the thing. I'm not surprised about that either mm-hmm. because to the very end, people hated Skyler. Yes. All right? Yes. 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 Skylar did some shitty things mm-hmm. on, on Breaking Bad. But did she do as shitty things as Walter? No. She tried to correct the course by the end of it all. Yeah. And yeah. she supported him to the bitter, bitter end. Mm-hmm. And yet people were constantly jumping on Skylar as this bitch. Yeah. As this harping wife. This nagging woman. Mm-hmm. Skylar did wrong stuff. Yeah. Yes. There's no denying that. But she is not the bad guy on Breaking Bad. Yeah. Walter is the bad guy. <laughs> he is a piece of shit who yeah. treated people like shit. Mm. But everyone continually jumped on Skyler as being worse. Yes. And that is the election. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and isn't it insane? Because, like, obviously it's very misogynistic and, like, <laughs> to think that way. But it's just funny because... Breaking Bad told through Walter's lens, and we're following him on this journey through his eyes. So yeah. when you see someone, like, harping on him that hard, yeah. it comes off as complainy. Mm-hmm. So then you kind of relate it to, like, oh, this is my significant other who who always does this. Yeah, but you don't yeah. see it through her eyes to where, like, hey – My husband's doing things that's putting me in compromise here. (laughs) Me and my family in a very compromising position.
0: What am I supposed to do? Yeah, Walter constantly says, I'm doing it for the family. Yeah. Skylar typically did the things she did for the family. Yeah. She still did bad stuff. Absolutely. She still cheated on him. She still uh, helped launder the money. She Mm -hmm. cooked the books for her former boss. Like, uh, yeah, she did bad things. But he did worse. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I hate... That we've come to the point. And
1: I mean, it's it's happening over and over again. But like the system set up to where we have to select between the best of two evils, right? <laughs> and it's it's kind of insane, man. Like I, I was kind of talking to my friend the other day about how like why don't we ever root for the underdogs in real life? We only do it for the movies. Yeah, you know what I mean, like say what you will with Bernie, but I've he's he started a conversation where they're both echoing now. Like, without him talking about the 1%, they wouldn't be talking about that. You know what I mean? Like, the, and all the, like, uh, economical disparities yeah, between the yeah. classes. And so,
0: um, uh, at least not talking about it as much as he m- has has forced them to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. He,
1: he did on a mainstream platform, which was, uh, I was really thankful for. And it was really, it, it captured my interest again. I was less cynical. But, um, I don't know. Just watching the last two debates, like, the word shit show doesn't even begin to describe what happened the last few days tc (laughs) a a
0: a, a, that tape of him talking like that yes grabbing a woman by her Mm -hmm. is you know i i really wanted to tweet this out i tend not to get political on my facebook wall on twitter and instagram i just just for the sake of Playing nice in the sandbox.
1: You're the nice guy.
0: <laughs> but we're, we're in a little more comfortable environment here, and you know if you if you disagree with me, that's fine. I'm and I'm, I'm always the first to say it's okay to disagree. Yes, I'm not here to change anyone's opinion. Mm. I'm just here to give mine. Yes, uh, but uh, you can cite. Yes, we can. You can say uh, I like Ike. Mm. Is is the best presidential candidate slogan of all time, but I think the best, hands down, the best presidential slogan of all time is grab them by the pussy. <laughs> god. <laughs> there, <laughs> there you go. Actually, no, that's a uh, uh, why not? <laughs> Trump 2016, why not? <laughs> <laughs> what do you gotta lose? <laughs> I apologize for saying the puss word. <laughs> oh no. Um, <laughs> that was...
1: It was shocking. It was weird. I I had a really strange roller coaster of emotions when that tape came out, because obviously <laughs> shocking, even in coming for, out from his mouth. Because like every time, like okay, let's let's first address this, Tz. Okay, we we talk let's a, address it. We are both heterosexual men. I don't think we both talk like that. No. Yeah. No. And so like, I mean the the phrase locker room talk is afloat the internet all over right now. <laughs> I am just confused what kind of lockers he's been in. <laughs> <laughs> I I've obviously been around this and I've always hated it. I and I don't know maybe it's because I've I was raised in a house full of women and I've all my friends a majority of them are actually women. I have more gal friends than, than guy friends. And so And not to say, like, I need that to respect a human being. You know, like, that's what really bothered me about when the tape came out and all the Republicans who were supporting him, quote, unquote, like, came out and said, oh, as a father, uh, I cannot say this with my daughter, blah, 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 or as as a husband, blah, blah. Just, like, why do you need that weird pretense? Why can't you just respect a human being for being a human being? So, like, I'm just thinking, TC, like, where is this – Where's this defense coming from? From where, like, oh, the boys will be boys and blah blah. blah. Like, isn't hell? Isn't that dangerous? Don't you think?
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, that, I, I saw people were posting this. Like, if if people have such a problem with him using that word, who bought eighty million copies of Fifty Shades of Grey? Did, <sighs> did you see this? Did you wait? See who this? said that? This is a meme going around.
1: Oh my god! Right? And oh I, my god! And I
0: uh, so. Someone uh, in my circle uh, mm-hmm. my inter- uh, posted that. And I immediately knew the response. The problem wasn't the word. <laughs> the <laughs> problems were the implication of sexual assault. <laughs> y- yes! Thank you! <laughs> and, and on top of that, how many months ago this year, and I'm not the first person to point this out, mm-hmm. how many months ago this year were we worried about... Men going into our women's lady- b- bathrooms and groping our children. Yeah. Okay. And now suddenly we're nominating a guy who's advocating the groping of women. <laughs> yes. And it's he's not maybe he's not advocating, <laughs> it, but he was talking. S- it's crazy, Ben. He's, ta- <laughs> he's talking
1: in a way where it's like, it's not. It, it would inspire others to do so, and I feel like I just wish. We fought more for people than for those in power, <laughs> and to maintain keep that dreaming those powers, because <laughs> like that the whole bathroom ordeal is just like you're not even thinking of as people, you know? Like yeah, and, like, and
0: newsflash, they've been using the whatever bathroom they've wanted forever.
1: Yes, <laughs> and guess what? There there is no statistical data that that can prove trans folks uh, sexually assaulting. I, it's like really fascinating to me because like just coming from an underrepresented community like there was a time where like miscegenation laws you know not marrying interracially and whatnot like there's this really famous uh cinematographer named james wong Howe. Mm-hmm. he's been nominated for like 10 oscars chinese american was uh was excluded because of the chinese exclusion act so citizens really was stripped from him couldn't marry his wife who was a caucasian european american and stuff like that and this was a time where they said you know uh, why should we worry about this and that? You know, they represent such a small thing. Like, yeah, and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not like trying to like shit on you or anything, but I'm just thinking like, if we thought about people, we want to think of them as numbers, and we would care more about the implications of when a power like Donald Trump says something problematic.
0: Uh, okay, I see. Yeah, uh,
1: not not uh, like not trying to argue with you or anything, but I'm just saying like that's why. We're so zeroed in on his comments. It's mm-hmm. not because he said "pussy." It's, <laughs> it's not because it's lewd. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is lewd, and we should not be referring to women like that. But like you said, the implications with se- sexual assault is dangerous because it's it's saying it and throwing it out in the air as if it's nothing. It's carefree. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like boys will be boys attitude, and that's how we get folks like Brock Turner. Yeah. Oh God.
0: Oh Jesus. This yes. is, it's the entitlements. Yeah. It's the, yeah.
1: And we we always talk about rapist Brock, <laughs> Brock Turner. Rapist Brock turner uh so we i mean we always commend jessica jones for saying such great things about uh rape culture and stuff like Mm. that but it's said that that show has to exist because that culture we never talk about we never like are willing to admit that this male entitlement thing of like to to women's bodies like like okay a little bit of a tangent, but I promise there's a point.
0: All right. I'm I'm
1: I'm, I'm picking it back up. <laughs> just, just one time, <laughs> <say>. <laughs> Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so, okay. Jasmine was in Paris for her uh, study abroad trip mm-hmm. um, during the summer. Mm-hmm. And obviously Jasmine is a – it's she's a beautiful girl. It's like – that's – you know, I, I true. She I, is a I don't very know, pretty woman. I forgot what I'm – oh, yeah. Okay. I'm bringing it up because – like, everywhere she goes out to, she's always getting, like, either harassed hey, or, like, baby. comments, catcalls, blah, blah, blah. In Paris, it's a it's an interesting thing because, like, I don't know what their culture is like, so I don't know the context. But guys who go up to her in, like, bars or, like, uh, dancing places, mm-hmm. they'll, like, they'll ask her, would you like to dance? She says no. And they're, they don't feel, like, shut down. They don't feel, like, you know, that uh, toxic masculinity type yeah. of thing where it's, like, you know what, well, why not? And stuff like that, and continue to harass her until they say yes. Mm-hmm. Like that whole idea of like, you know, she's just playing hard to get. Yeah. You know, you just no, gotta no, keep I, working I, at I it. I just don't want to dance. Boy, like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I will
0: respect your wishes. <laughs> I am going now,
1: and I'm not saying French people are better because, f those Frenchies. I'm just kidding. I'm um, just kidding. But it's just strange because I do notice in like movies and how we portray like the interaction between the opposite sex. Mm-hmm there is that weird underlying thing where it's it's promoted and it's encouraged. <laughs>
0: Jurassic World. <laughs> Jurassic World. <laughs> yeah, Exactly.
1: But it's like promoted and encouraged for men to just like at, like just be more, be very active in pursuing women, you know, mm-hmm. like. Aggressive. Aggressive. Just like pulling them in and kissing them. Like mm-hmm. that's, oh, that's like a uh, romantic. Like that very popular World War Two picture of like the, the, the sailor, sailor like, and the nurse yeah. yeah um i was just reading about it they're complete strangers and he grabbed her off the street yeah you know? and so like i mean that's we're gonna make of... america great again <laughs> that's kind of a textbook sexual assault but i mean like <laughs> i'm just thinking yeah so like that it's that's just funny that that meme's coming up because why are we constantly like so up in arms about people who challenge the status quo mm-hmm. like what if the status quo was bad <laughs> so i don't know just seeing stuff like that I'm just, it makes me really uncomfortable
0: it's the it's it's crazy we have probably one more episode in us before the election mm. potentially two and and we'll just see where this train wreck keeps <laughs> taking us before I'm, we get to the end here yeah and a whole new train wreck begins Woo! because the 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 response to this election, just le- just the year leading—I mean, this—well, how many ten years we've leading up the the constant lead up to this, and it just keeps getting closer and closer and closer. It doesn't end when this election ends, because I can remember when the two thousand election happened, and when it went on for weeks and weeks of waiting to find out who our freaking president was going to be. <laughs> Because of ballot counts and hanging chads and Florida this and, and the Supreme Court that and the divisiveness of the country at the time of waiting. to f- And then when Bush was – Gore just finally said, for the betterment of the country, I, I concede. Mm. We need to move forward. That didn't end it either. People <laughs> to this day – people are still upset to this day yeah. about how that worked out. And for for me – and for people that i grew up in and around that was our first election we could vote in and that was a mess oh, yeah. and we and we saw the repercussions of that mess for 8 years mm-hmm. and of course yes there's september 11th that happened and going and but that's part of the domino effect of what happened and that has led us here. And really, you could go back before the 2000 election to George H. Bush. You could go to Reagan. You could go to Nixon. You could go to Kennedy. You could mm-hmm. go to Eisenhower. Like, you can trickle back, and everything has been this echo of what has come before. So no matter what happens, whoever does get voted in, this train is keep on going to keep on rolling yeah. on this <laughs> track that's getting thrown down as fast as it possibly can. <laughs> that's really interesting. I didn't
1: – I never thought – I never. It never occurred to me that that was your first election. So, I'm wondering, like, I mean, you could speak from personal testimony, but do you and your inner circles with like friends similar in age, did that make you more cynical towards the political process? Like, because that happened, and then 9/11 <laughs> happened right after. So that's like, that's pretty hard. Yeah the,
0: <laughs> the true the true definition of the millennials is is that you know we we're, we're, the three of us could be be called millennials mm-hmm. really easily, but there's this tiny generation Y that has been grouped in with the millennials that's it they're very similar in a lot of like the tech respect and pop culture effect, uh, effects but it's existing to be able to be aware of that 2000 election and existing so fully to experience 9-11 so quickly after and how that altered the course of a generation to then be forgotten and be grouped in with millennials yeah it didn't make us cynical to the process. It's, as the kids would say, woke us. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag stay woke. But the, the 2000 election and leading it into uh, 9-11, my hometown, several people that I grew up with joined the army and went off to war. Yeah. And some of them didn't come back. Yeah, and, and being angry at the system that gave us that election, whether it was giving us George Bush or not giving us Al Gore, it didn't matter. It was it wasn't a cynicism per se. It was, it was, um, a motivation mm. to to make a difference, and to, and and it was also the disappointment that a difference can't be made. That was that was the weird dichotomy of what was happening in that time. But maybe that's just being in college yeah. and being a twenty-something-year-old mm. existing at a time of conflict. So you're going through the same thing now. Candace is going through the same thing now. Of what difference can be made and can a difference be made? And it probably can't. Yeah. And that sucks because we are told our whole lives one person can make a difference. Yeah. It's not one person that can make a difference. It's many people. It's a collective. Need to make the difference.
1: Yeah. Um, and... So I don't know if answer that your question. <laughs> no, that's very fascinating. I always, I'm always interested in how certain political errors affect the children. Yeah. Because a lot of my cousins, a lot of younger friends, first time voting this election, and, like, obviously it's very critical of who we vote for, (laughs) but um, it just makes me really feel uh, honored and privileged to have been able to vote for Barack Obama in the first election. That was my first election. I was 19 years old, first time voting, and, you know, was able to vote for him, and to see him flourish the last eight years, like, gosh, please don't leave.
0: (laughs) I what there's so much to be said and there's so many better people to say it if you look at i think the the thing i like about elections every year and particularly presidential elections every 4 years is how much satire improves by by the like the late night shows and saturday night live and comedians and and have, existing every 4 years in a time where something really really needs to be said mm-hmm. something always needs to be said but there's something s- special about these 4 years and how pivotal they can be Because we've seen, time and again, how dynamic of a change can occur because of an election. Yeah. And this country is split in many ways, um, politically, racially, uh, uh, um, genders. Hmm. And that's that's the way it is, but it, it doesn't have to be the way it is. It just... It's, it's fascinating that, that that comedy improves and statements improves and, and people are more thoughtful at these times. Yeah. And to speak to your younger younger cousins who have such strong feelings and something to come out of the 2000 election and whatnot is forming your own opinion. Mm. Finding people you can agree with is fine, but listening to the people you don't agree with is just as important. I make Candace suffer through watching Tommy Lauren videos because I <laughs> need to hear the other side. <laughs> but that, that's... It's, it's more than just having an opinion. It's being able to support it. And this goes for anything. This isn't just politically. This can go about film. Mm. This can go about TV. This can go about music. This can go about any opinion. And I think there's so many. It's so easy to just regurgitate what you've heard without thinking about it. That's why yeah. I like fact-checking checking people online. I'm mm. not being a dick. <laughs> I'm being like, hold on. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you posted those stats about all the failures of Barack Obama. Where did that come from? Oh, a fake website! <laughs> check your sources. Check yourself. And maybe that's the writer in me, and maybe that's the the journalist in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> check your sources. <laughs> I, whenever I hear something, I have to verify it. So, like when I heard Kim Kardashian's uh, robbery was fake, I saw it on Huffington Post. Huffington Post is a pretty reliable source, yeah. so I had to go elsewhere. CBS talked about it. NBC talked about it. I like, okay, know you're so <laughs> so passionate about Kim K. <laughs> <laughs> check your sources. Um, have you
1: have you heard of a? I, I forgot if, it was, if it's called Politico or Politifact?
0: Politifact. Politifact. Yes.
1: They live check the debates. Yes, and stuff, so I, that's pretty
0: I, good. I go to Politifact after each debate. I did the two presidential debates mm. and the vice president debates. Um, I've known of them for years, but this is the first time I'm actually actively going there yeah. to to check the fact checking. Yeah. Um, but don't just go to Politifact. Check mm-hmm. some other sources as well because Politifact uh, will will fact check something. Yeah. But they won't fact-check the full statement, or yeah. vice versa. Somewhere else might be fact-checking, but they're not fact-checking the full statement. Mm. You know, Hillary Clinton laughed at that tape about a rapist. <laughs> that is true. Huh. She was not, however, laughing at the person who got raped. Yes. That is false. Context. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what were your thoughts on the recent debate?
0: <laughs> well, I I sit here and I watch Hillary Clinton, and I, just, and I look at her and I say, Just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Because that's all you have to do. Let him do the. Just let him. Talking. Let him go to town. Yeah. Because this clown shoe <laughs> is. I told Candace, I wish I. I want someone to make a montage of all the insults of people describing Donald Trump. Yes. Yeah. This tangerine with a fox on his head. <laughs> this, this puckered face, butthole face. <laughs> like, and it, it's just infuriating to to see lying. And, yes, that can go from both sides. Mm. But it's more infuriating to see how did we get to this point. Oh, it's the party of Lincoln. Lincoln is spinning in his grave. <laughs> Which, and, uh, sorry, so, uh, uh,
1: just put a pin in that side yeah. note. There's this Vox video that I guess to send you about the, like, Rise and fall of the uh, Republican Party because uh. the Republican Party did not start the way we think it is. No, now. no, yeah.
0: Republicans and Democrats switched. Yeah, okay, because Republicans always—I've heard Republicans tout like, "Hey, we freed the slaves. Did you know that we freed the slaves?" <laughs> like. Hold hold on. Pump your brakes. (laughs) Senate, Congress, all that. There was a whole campaign. You didn't just do it on your own. (laughs) America decided as a people this was a bad idea. (laughs) But not all the Americans. Those were the right ones versus the wrong ones. (laughs) Yes, Mm. Hillary Clinton is a lying politician, a career politician who lies, Mm. like every freaking politician (laughs) before her and every freaking politician after her. But she's a politician, Mm. and that's perfectly normal. So suck it up hmm. and take the person with the most qualifications, whether you like them or not. Okay?
1: That's a hard bargain you're driving there. <laughs> and that's how I feel about this election. Very passionate. <laughs> He's just shaking his head off, Mike. <laughs> his head's falling off right now. Like the,
0: uh, uh, Tim, um, the dude with the mustache and the red sweater. Ron Bone. Ken Bone. Ken Bone. Bone. Ken Ken Bone. Bone. Ken Bone MVP. Uh, the embodiment of a hug. Um, <laughs> was interviewed after the fa- after fact. After, I mean, he became an instant meme and famous he's, for he's his awesome. 15 minutes of fame. Uh, great. so a hero he didn't deserve. And it. I love how well-spoken he is. Like, he is not a doof. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he actually – and he's still undecided mm-hmm. because personally, economically, financially – It actually makes sense for him to vote for Trump. Hmm. But morally, (laughs) it makes sense for him to vote for Clinton. Yes. So he still is undecided because if he thinks just about himself, it makes more sense to vote for Trump. Hmm. But if he wants to think about the people around him that he cares about, people in his life who were allowed to get married because even though they're allowed to get married despite being gay, Hmm. uh, allowed to um, exist as they are, then he – he doesn't want those things overturned, so mm. he should vote for Clinton. So he's still conflicted, and that is a perfect sentiment for the undecided. Yeah. Like, I get how people can still be undecided because we got a career liar <laughs> and we got a professional liar.
1: Mm. <laughs> it's, it's tough stuff, man, because yeah. I don't know how how I'm able to sit through those. I have to watch it with someone else because, yeah, like, watch this, with like, it's <laughs> – First and foremost, I I guess I realized during the first debate, I've never listened to Donald Trump talk for that prolonged period of time. <laughs> You've only heard
0: the sound bites.
1: Yes, it is awful. TC, there's like no way to go around it. It's like the things he says. It's it's what we were talking about uh, sociopathic characters in films too. Like there is no regard for human life, and like he's he said he basically says the. Insert minority group, yeah, and yeah. Le- like like they're not even people. You know what I mean?
0: And so, and, and, you know, they <laughs> made made a misstep by picking Miss Universe uh, Alicia Machado. Yeah, that like, was a total political But <laughs> she had a name, yes, and a face to go with the name, mm-hmm. and a person. But uh, politicians do all the time. Like I was just talking to Joe Schmo, the plumber, over in, <laughs> in the Ann Arbor, plumber. and he told me he hopes I do this. Like that happens all the time. Mm. Only names I hear coming out of Donald Trump are like, you know, F. Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> still, it's still not, bringing that up. It's not. A, uh, he is still bringing that up. Yeah, but you're right. It's it's the it's the thing. Yeah, there's the, no the possession.
1: No names, no faces. Um, it was most insulting when uh, the African American educator was asking them a question mm-hmm. about this is. Both of them, by the way. Like, they both answered it wrong, in my opinion. Um, Asked them, what are you going to do to better the lives of all lives in Mm -hmm. our country? She said all lives, by the way. Yeah. And they immediately talked about how they're going to better...
0: Oh, the inner city. Yeah. And all the African Americans. Which is,
1: like, I'm starting to learn is kind of a uh, racially charged derogatory term. Inner city. Because... By the way, has anyone been to Chicago? TC, you've been to Chicago. <laughs> I I've, have. I've just recently been. It was one of my favorite cities on my trip. Yeah. Why are we shitting on Chicago? <laughs> Stop spreading this misinformation. And, and I was kind of disappointed. because they have the Bears. The, yeah, they're, they're a terrible team. <laughs> 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 um, I was disappointed that they both went directly to that. You know? Yeah, I noticed it that like, as, well. It's, I noticed that as well. It's like straight pandering for votes. And yep. It it kind of concerns me a little bit because will you actually do anything for that demographic once you get in office? Which it, is it's it,
0: likely no, but I mean like it goes all the way back to election then. Yeah, of having having uh, Tammy, right? Say oh yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> say nothing's going to change. Mm-hmm. They just want to be in office to be in office, and once they get there, you know nothing's going to change. Yeah. And that's why I say it's important not to just vote for president, mm. but to swing the House one way or the other. Because yes. as long as there's a majority, maybe something can get done. Mm. And I go back to what I said last week. If you think there's gridlock now with President Obama, look look at the gridlock and look at what President Obama has been able to accomplish in eight years with that Republican House saying, "Oh, you ain't doing." you nope, <laughs> nope. still managed to get things done. Yeah. But if you think it's bad now, trying to see the two parties agree, huh? It's going to be worse. <laughs> it's going to be worse. So that's why it's just as important to vote for senators and for and for congressmen as well. Yeah. It's not just the president's in because the president, yes, the president will appoint the ninth seats hmm. for the Supreme Court. The president will help start motivating some bills to be passed. Hmm. But it's those senators and congressmen that are more important. That's why all the Bernie Bros who are all upset that Bernie, Bernie Sanders can still do stuff. In fact, he can do more as a senator take over the house than he can do as president. Yeah, it's it, it's it's the misconception of the president. There are checks and balances for a reason from the beginning of this country. So yes. it's not just king.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. why so many people, so many folks that were championing Elizabeth Warren. Well, I would definitely vote for Elizabeth Warren. She herself has said, "I can do more at the position I'm in right now." Yeah, yeah. Um, So, like, it, that's why I don't know. I think this is a good conversation right here. Conversation question is like, we continually say, you know, don't talk about politics in this space in this situation. I understand. Like, <laughs>
0: I play it safe. I don't do it on Facebook unless I unless I'm on someone else's page. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're very
1: you're very methodical about it, and that's smart. <laughs> But I think it's because of that fear of not wanting to talk about it openly that we're not educated about, A, the political system and Mm -hmm. B, just the issues that affect all of our everyday lives. Like that whole um, addressing that question with the African-American educators because they'd have no idea about, A, that demographic and B, looking beyond her, beyond her color, the color of her skin. And so, like, I'm just thinking, TC, like, is it? Is it harming us that we're hindering ourselves from having these conversations?
0: By by not having these conversations, yeah. well it's 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 I am not I don't know if methodical is the right way about it, but mm. I'm deliberate about it because yeah. I know my audience that comes from yeah. a performance t- standpoint. Mm. I know my audience and it is is safer and more comfortable to talk in an audience of people who agree with you. Um but it's more it's better to have a debate mm. with someone who's willing to debate rationally. So become, like, getting out there in the open and trying to debate issues or, yeah. or share opinions with someone who's going to attack you or be so pig-headed that mm. they're not even going to bend. Yeah. Because a, a debate shouldn't be about changing the person you're debating's opinion. A, a real debate is to have a conversation and anyone witnessing it to help yes. form their opinion. That's mm-hmm. the real point of a debate. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what we're seeing with the presidential debates. What we didn't really see with the vice president debate was debating, uh, yelling at each other versus talking to the people around. Mm. Like, I disagree with this person, and here's what I believe. I disagree with her, and she's an idiot. <laughs> 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 and and, and watching, watching how much time is spent speaking directly to the person who asked the question— versus attacking the opponent you could watch you can watch the debates on mute if you hmm. want and you can see from physical from the physicality of that who's who's doing better in the debate Hillary. in my in my opinion of yeah. a debate is not trying to change the person's opinion in front of you it's ter- trying to affect the opinion of the people around you
1: yes especially when you have a public forum and all eyes are on that yeah. forum yeah
0: Boy, I I wonder if the NFL is jealous of the fact that the debates are scoring higher viewership than they are, (laughs) but I think that should say something, that America, who loves them some football, Mm. is more interested right now in our presidential debate, presidential race.
1: (laughs) 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 If anything, I'm really proud of... Gosh, I don't know why there's so many criticisms about the Gen Y millennial generation, because Mm -hmm. they... We, we are so engaged right now like Twitter the, the debate was the most tweeted thing in Twitter history. the second debate. The first debate was the highest and yeah. then the second debate topped it. <laughs> topped it. So I mean I well don't know. it's
0: it's just it's just the advancements in social media and the advancements in technology that have that are giving people a, a different a voice and a different way to project that voice yeah. and uh, it's it, it doesn't surprise me mm. um, And it shows an intelligence level. Uh, Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about this a lot that that people are getting smarter because there's there's more access to education through alternate means not mm. just school but you can go online and you can hear people talk and you can you can watch c-span you can watch PBS you can you can experience education from different aspects and it's creating a more intelligent generation and an intelligent generation of millennials, at least the ones who are paying attention can look back and see how, how quickly things can change based on who's put into power. Mm. I I can go back and reference the 2000 election and and tell you, believe me, it is freaking important that people go out and vote. You don't have to, it's not, you're not supposed to vote. You can vote. It's, Mm. it's, it's, it's not a duty to vote. It's something that we have access to as people. But if you don't vote, you, you are, you are responsible for the effects of the election. Yes. Whether it's, the city sheriff, the city councilman, the Senate, the Congress, the president. Like, mm-hmm. It's its important to to be educated about these opinions. So it doesn't surprise me that there's so many people talking about it. Yeah. Especially among the younger generation.
1: And I love it, man, because wh- whether we're, like, actively thinking if that's, quote, unquote, real change, mm-hmm. it's actually making a change. Yeah. Like, attitudes are changing. Biases are changing. For the better, I think. Um, maybe I'm just being an optimist, but... <laughs> Just being in high school and thinking about watching Election, the movie, and thinking about being in high school again.
0: Well, as I mentioned yesterday, um, and you may have seen it, in every optimist there needs to be a realist. Yes. That's important. Mm. Optimism is is crucial to getting through life, but you have to be realistic about it. Mm. Everything is one step at a time. Um, I'm, I'm interested, as we've we've babbled on for quite some time <laughs> now just about the, the, the politics of, of this current election season, what some of our listeners might think. And, um, I do follow many, many people who converse with me via Twitter and Facebook. I, I do, I enjoy engaging in conversation with you guys. Uh, so feel free to share your opinion on, on this. Obviously, surely you must have an opinion about Don't it. Don't go, surely. but I, I want to wrap it up here. We are going to come back again, at least for one more episode before the election actually happens. Yeah. Who knows what we'll watch. We, we picked election last week on the, on the air. We'll have to discuss what we pick for next week. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, Did but... you want
1: to do Chris Schultz's Twitter question? <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs>
0: you can tweet at me at TC's Big Head. I'll take questions for the podcast. Uh, I had four for today, but I'm gonna save them for next week. Okay. yeah. Um, they're not politically. They're not political. They're <laughs> more current events. Uh, you can tweet at Ben at Benji Toes on Instagram and Twitter, um, and follow you. Where else can people find you? Uh Bam with no
1: name, films, and NBC Asia America. Facebook, Twitter. All uh, the teaser place.
0: trailer just dropped for Immortal Oh yeah, Iron Fist. about that.
1: <laughs> yes, our Marvel Comics fan film, The Immortal Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Uh, teaser trailer just dropped, and the actual film is dropping on November. There you go. Yeah.
0: Cool. So that might uh, that that's coming soon. But go check to Band with No Name on Facebook and on YouTube, and you can watch that teaser trailer. Yes, sir. Share, share, share. Get it out there. So over two thousand views in less than forty-eight hours. That's pretty awesome. Woo. <laughs> Um, and you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's good. Okay. Um, uh, before we go, apparently there's one more question. <laughs> if you want to do no, like yeah, a No, I want to hear this. Go uh, I've, I've made prediction that this is somehow about Kevin James being president in Pixels <laughs> and something to do with Adam Sandler. So go ahead. Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> Actually, you're right about Adam Sandler. But the question was,
1: TC – What is your favorite Adam Sandler movie post-Little Nicky?
0: (laughs) Why is that even a question that has nothing to do with it? I was confused. I was confused to why he tweeted that to me and not to you. So
1: I don't know. It was all weird.
0: Is The the Wedding Singer after Little Nicky? It was before. Uh, Little Nicky is when everything went down. (laughs) Uh, The best Adam Sandler movie post-Little Nicky. (laughs) Well, first of all, I would say I hate Little Nicky. I I hated The Water Boy. I hate Big Daddy. Yeah. But my favorite. Oh, Easy. Punch drunk love. Boom. I was going go. <laughs> <laughs> The only actual movie he was in. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. Comment below, tweet at us. We will see you next week with one more political film and obviously a nice long political conversation because surely in the next week there's more to be talking about. <laughs> I am TC DeWitt for Ben over here, for Candace over there. Hi Candace. And all the rewatchmen everywhere saying keep doing what you do. Dun-dun-dun.
2: Skies sky of...